And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Tim Banal. No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome back to another edition of BOA The Revival. And uh, we are, we're, well, in, in interest of full transparency, we're recording this uh, a week before Christmas, uh, but you're going to be hearing it in January, so if we somehow mention Christmas or something like that, or if I wish the guests a happy holidays at the end, don't be like, hey, what's that all about? Uh, <laughs> happy President's Day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so with, with that in mind, tonight's guest is Michael Hughes. Uh, you can find his website, uh, michaelmhughes.com. He's probably most well-known for his book, uh, Magic for the Resistance, but he has quite a uh, quite a varied career of, of writing and topics that he's covered. And we're going to be getting into a lot of that stuff. Uh, he's very online as am I. So we've crossed paths many times in the cyber sphere. And I had the opportunity to hang out with him a couple of times down in Nashville at the strange realities conference. Uh, and I was really, uh, I was like, I hadn't know who Mike was. So I'm like, Oh, it's cool. I'm going to meet Mike Hughes. It's going to be great. We really hit it off. He's a great dude. Um, we did some exploring around Nashville and, He's one of those uh, folks who now have been on the show that uh, it was always like, and I have like a whole list of them, people I would cross paths with over the years. And I'm like, when we get the all of America up and running again, we're going to get you on the show. We're going to get you on the show. So it's like <laughs> now I'm reaching out to all those people and be like, hey, remember? So so uh, thankfully, Mike Mike has agreed to come on the show. He was excited about doing it. And uh, he's he's listened to the show before. He's been all of America fan. So it's going to be a fun conversation tonight. And I'm really looking forward to this, Mike. I don't think we really – we didn't really have – we had sort of a, a chit-chat in Nashville, but I don't think we ever had a sit-down chat. So I'm looking forward to us having a, a bona fide conversation here tonight on the show. Yeah, me too. It was more like a stand-up, like stand-up on the concrete median by the hotel chat at 3 a.m. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, I've – like I was saying a little earlier uh, before the show started, like I, I, the first time I listened to your podcast and its earliest incarnation, I was driving and it was just like the perfect late night accompaniment for just driving through dark woods <laughs> in upstate New York. So, yeah, and uh, and it was it was great to finally meet in Nashville uh, at that great conference. Um, that I recommend everyone try to get to, uh, and you know it's always it's always great to to meet people in person because, like you said, we're both online people, and you know you you never you never quite can be sure what the person is actually like you know, and, right. until until you just hang out and have a couple beers or just you know stand in a parking lot at three a.m. and and then you really know who somebody is, and it, it's it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, man. It's same here. It's been it's been great. I consider you a friend, and that's why I was excited to get you on the show here as part of the revival. Now, for the folks who are unfamiliar with Michael Hughes, it's kind of the Banal of America standard. Give us the bio, the background. You know, who is Michael Hughes, and uh, what's what's your journey been uh, in this in this field, if you will? Oh you man, I know. Yeah, well, that's always <laughs> that's always a tough one. Um, well, ever since I was a kid, I liked weird stuff. I liked the supernatural. I grew up watching In Search Of and, you know, watching horror movies and stuff like that. And it really just formed who I am. I was lucky to be 
in the supernatural 70s when, oh, nice. you know, my, my, I, I, like one of my formative experiences, one of my dad's friends somehow got a 16 millimeter film copy of Chariots of the Gods and like showed it oh, in wow. his living room. Nice. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, so like from when I was little, I just absorbed all this stuff. My dad would read books by, Brad Steiger and Frank Edwards and Hans Holzer and stuff like that. And just, you know, when when there were just paper, you know, mass market paperbacks of all that stuff everywhere. Like you walk into a grocery store and there's a rack of paperbacks and yeah, yeah. a third of them would be about weird with UFOs or or Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, Ghost and the Supernatural, that sort of thing. So my dad would get these books and then he'd just leave them around and I'd pick them up and, and read them. And uh it's just really, you know, it formed who I am and what I like and what I love. But I also feel like I've just always been kind of kind of tuned to all that stuff anyway. I've had, you know, some strange experiences when I was a kid that are kind of hard to explain. Um, I just feel like some people are born with like an antenna that naturally picks up on on yeah. strange stuff. It's just always it's always been who I am. So, uh, but like you said, I've written, I've written a lot. I, again, sort of gravitate towards writing about the things that interest me, which range it from magic, occultism, the paranormal, UFOs, everything that falls in that category. Psychedelics, I've written a lot about um, some of the scientific research on psychedelics. I wrote uh, some some of the early feature stories on some of the newer uh, research. Going on with that, I was an editor of a, of a weed magazine <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but I'm, you know, what, what, what the weed magazine taught me is that cannabis is like a fascinating plant, but stoner culture is really kind of dumb and boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like yeah. the whole, like the Cheech and Chong ish, you know, and the, I don't know, there's something I, so I'm kind of glad I sort of withdrew from that covering that stuff because there's only there's only so so much you can write about like a strain yeah, of yeah. weed oh it gave me couch lock or oh i i cleaned my garage i was so energized like <laughs> you were just high <laughs> like yeah you know, there's just so much nonsense and bs uh yeah. around all that but yeah i've written i i've written some novels uh that incorporate all the crazy, scary stuff that I like. Uh, the Blackwater Lights trilogy, it's called, that was published by uh, Penguin Random House. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – and I've, as you know, I've always been an activist too. So, uh, Absolutely, yeah. you know, that whole thing that I got famous for really happened by kind of happenstance, I guess, um, because of my colliding interest of – like general kind of human rights, political activism, and also occultism and magic and witchcraft and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I've I've been all I've been all over the place, and I like being all over the place. I think it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm of the same ilk in a sense. I kind of have my finger in all these different pots, and it's uh, when one thing you kind of lose just one thing, you can move over to something else and kind of come back and see what's cooking. You know, since you left, so that's a yeah. Yep, it's it's a it's that. a way to avoid boredom, you know. Uh, exactly, like I, yeah. I I can't understand how people just get up and do the same things uh, over and over again and never 
never find new interests or hobbies, you know. Right, right. Like the the folks, it always blows my mind when someone says, oh, man, I'm getting ready to retire in about three years. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself when I retire. Like, (laughs) what is is wrong with you, man? Like, if I could retire right now, I still don't have enough time in the day to do this stuff. I want to do so yeah uh, that's yeah great. that baffles that's, me yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that is odd yeah it's like don't you have any like what would you yeah yeah it's interesting yeah <laughs> I talked to like a, a a regional UFO director one time and I'm like well what are you gonna do if and, and like I, he was like him Stan Freeman Rich Dolan and him and I, I posed the same question all three separately so there was no influence there and, and Stan was like I would I'm like, what would you do if the government came out tomorrow and said the UFOs were real? And he was like, I'd be fascinated following the story closely or whatever. And Rich Dolan kind of had the same thing. And then the regional UFO guy was like, probably just do a lot of fishing. It's <laughs> like, oh, nice. so you're just out, dude. <laughs> He's just like, I'm out. Yeah. Fuck it. I love that, man. That's a great <laughs> answer. So magic for the resistance. How did this come about? Tell me about your interest in magic because I, I find it – Interesting, but hard to wrap my arms around it. We've had Ren Collier on the show before. I've talked to Ren at length about it. Uh, as you remember, might remember last year at the Strange Realities, they did like oh, yeah. a, a, a ritual. I think you were in the ritual. Yeah, you? yeah. I was. Yeah. I got to hold Steve Berg's hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Steve, I really feel like I know you a lot better now that I've held your hand for 20 minutes. <laughs> So, like, so, how do you define magic and, and sort of how do you see it in your life, if you will? Because to me, it's like I have no it, – it has it, I just don't have any – I got no magic mojo, if you will. So it's, yeah. it's, I have a really hard time connecting to it in a way. But I obviously respect and know a lot of people who are involved in that scene. And it's like, oh, wow, this is really – you know, I'm always trying to kind of get a better understanding of it. So how do you sort of define magic and, and you know, like I said, keep apply it in your life? Sure. Yeah, that that's a big question. I guess yeah. an easy way to answer it is um is kind of to talk about how I got interested in it. And that is when I was a kid, I you know, I found another one of these paperback mass market paperback books and it was called How to Produce Miracles by a guy named Orman McGill who was like a phenomenal magician but he was also a hypnotist and hypnotism always fascinated me like there was a kid and uh, when I was a kid in the Boy Scouts, one of the Boy Scout leaders would hypnotize people, like hypnotize the kids in my scout troop. And it just blew my mind. And the idea of hypnosis was also just super duper fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read this book, How to Produce Miracles. It was basically a book about mentalism or psychic magic. And... I always loved, like, doing magic tricks and stuff like that, but I wasn't that good at, like, card manipulation and things like that. So this book was basically focused on mentalism, like how to produce experiences that felt like real psychic manifestations. And it blew my – you know, I was, like, 10, 11 years old when when I got this book, and it just like blew my mind, you know, like it taught you basic ways to hypnotize people. And I hypnotized this girl in my sixth grade class. <laughs> and, and, you know, first I, while I was doing it, I was like, is she just kind of playing along to be nice to me? But it was, it was real. And yeah. like, holy shit, man, you know, what, what, 
what just happened? And so right. that's the kind of stuff I really got into. And there was another book on mentalism in my local library. And so I kind of devoured that and got real into like psychic magic, like doing doing tricks that look like you're reading people's minds or like okay, yeah. moving something on a table or whatever. But at the same time, like I said before, I'm interested in real psychic stuff. Mm -hmm. So this doing these tricks when I was younger was kind of a way to like replicate that and see what it might feel like if it was real. And then, so I actually performed um, in my late 20s and early 30s. I performed as a mentalist, like for oh, wow. events and uh, charities and things like that. Like I would do a stage show where I would read people's minds and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was pretty powerful stuff. Um, and this, you'll like this. When I was uh, at a Fortean conference at the International Fortean Organization, used to be based here in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. They had a conference, probably like 2007, 16, 17, something like that. And at the conference, I did like a mentalism show. And I said to these folks, I'm like, I'm going to do these tricks. And they are tricks, but they're going to look just like real psychic abilities in mind reading. So I went through some of my best, like strongest material. And people applauded. They loved it. And a couple of people came up. But there was this group that were standing around. They came up to me and they're like, we know that was real. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. Like, no, I, I, I preface this whole thing with this is, this is not real. These are tricks. My point is to show you how easily people. No, 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 no. No, that was well, real, man. That could not. There's no way that could have been fake. And they, they just simply refused to believe me. I, I, so, so that, that experience made me realize like how deeply beliefs can kind of take a hold in people like even oh, yeah. and that's what made me so you know hyper aware of like tricksterish stuff and ufology and in the paranormal and i really believe like if you don't have a magician with you or a mentalist with you when you study you you go to document someone who you know says they have psychic powers or a poltergeist or something like that or yeah. ufos even um it it you're really missing that that critique. Yeah. yeah. So so that's a long way of getting around okay. the like. So but then um but I've always been into tarot. I got my first tarot deck when I was eleven. Mm -hmm. my aunt gave it to me. Um I think she found it like on a discount table, you know, some <laughs> some cheap cheap ass store somewhere. But she, but it was the James Bond 007 tarot card deck. Oh, cool! And it because it was in the, it was made for the movie Live and Let Die, and Jane Seymour, you know, beautiful buxom, gorgeous Jane Seymour with this low cut dress is like putting down tarot cards for Bond. And of course, like the lover's card comes up naturally and the thing. So I had also seen the movie. So I was like, kind of like, I'm not sure if it was more of the cards or if it was Jane Seymour that, that was the main attraction. But I started playing with these cards and they, they fascinated me. They kind of scared me a little bit, like the devil yeah. card and the death card. Creepy. Um, but but I was intrigued by, like, divination, and I started using them, like, doing readings for friends and for myself and things like that. So that was kind of the first inkling. I think a lot of people's first 
sort of first steps in magic happen with a divination practice. Because when you start using tarot cards or working with the I Ching or geomancy or things like that, you start to think, wow, this is like there's something real here. Yeah, yeah. So it gives people a taste of what magic is and what magic can do. And it naturally leads a lot of people to thinking, well, if I could do this with cards, I wonder what else I can do. Right, right. And that was, and then I discovered, so, you know, I've always been intrigued by magic, but I was always kind of freaked out by it and, you know, brought up Catholic and terrified. Yeah, I think that's my, with the barrier that I have where I'm like, I don't want to fucking mess with this stuff. It scares me. Yeah, I think that is, that kind of does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, (laughs) and and we've, we've seen the exorcist, you know, we know what playing with a Ouija board did to Linda Blair and, uh. Um, so, you know, I think that there was this bit of fright in, in my approach to magic whenever I'd think about actually taking it up. But it was also there's that transgressive appeal of certain things, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like with horror movies or, you know, it's always I loved horror movies, but then I'd be scared after, you know, right, like right. not being able to sleep. But so there's an appeal of things that that are that can be scary. But. I discovered chaos magic. It's the first thing in the 1990s, and because I was online, for CompuServe and AOL and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> so everything was sort of dial up, and you dial in your modem, and and then you'd text, you know, you'd just post to these like bulletin boards, and there were bulletin boards yeah. about U, UFO, alt dot UFOs, and alt dot paranormal, and alt dot magic for right for all the old 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 creeps like me out there, you know, or <laughs> in a rocking chair. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we'll be talking about this crap in our old age home days. Um, but, but this all, there was, there was this real strong current of chaos magic. And that was like making magical sigils, like taking a word or a phrase of something you want to happen and breaking it apart and making an image out of it. And, and I found that kind of cool and compelling. So I did it and it worked. And, you know, that's that, that, that gift of the guy whose mind is blowing, you know, like that's, that's how I felt. I was like, Holy shit, this, there's something to this, you know, maybe I can investigate. And it wasn't scary in the way that, uh, other like witchcraft still was to me, you know, witchcraft. Yeah. I was still thinking about the, the 70s movies of the covens capturing people and sacrificing them. And it was also I mean, there was a lot of like satanic panic and stuff going on oh, yeah, for sure. in, in, during that time period. So, you know, you couldn't help but be a little like, you know, put off. Uh, and then but then I, there was this new age bookshop that I went to. And they, of course, they had tons of books. I went for the UFO books, you know, that's what I did. But they also had books on witchcraft and paganism and all that new age stuff. So I started reading a little bit more and I met this woman who was the tarot card reader there. And I kind of think she had the hots for me. <laughs> um, I, I didn't pick it up, though. She was considered like she wasn't in my, you know, age range or anything like that. So there was no, you know, I never I never kind of knew that but i lay in retrospect I, she basically was like hey let me give you a tarot card reading you know and then she she told me she was a witch and she she gave me a copy of this book by scott cunningham who you know 
uh, wrote tons of books on witchcraft, probably the biggest selling witchcraft books. And it wasn't like it is today where, like, you can't throw a rock without hitting a witch. Right. Uh, it, was, it was still kind of – it was still very – you know, people were in the so-called broom closet and stuff. So I was a little freaked <laughs> out, but I read – you know, I read this Scott Cunningham book, and it was like Wicca, and it was all about the goddess and the seasons and nature and all that shit. I'm like, hey, I'm a kind of a hippie dude, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah, could yeah. Gro- I could groove with this. Um, I'm disaffected from Catholicism and, like, patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. So it really clicked, and – and I started doing, you know, some of the rituals and things, not really to like get stuff, but just more of like in a spiritual sense to experience it. And so, so that led to looking into like ceremonial magic and, yeah, yeah. you know, cause the more you play with magic, the more you're like, Oh, I wonder what this is like. I wonder what that's like. Right. And I hadn't had any, you know, I wasn't possessed by demons or anything. So things were going pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got really into the it's it's called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and that's yeah, okay. that's kind of if you remember Ren's ritual. Ren's ritual is more of the Thelema, which is Aleister Crowley's kind of offshoot of the Golden Dawn. But the Golden Dawn started in eighteen eighty eight and it really kind of it's really still like the template for most Western magic. Yeah. So I started doing that deep 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 into it it can really it's really like can make your head hurt because it combines like tarot and kabbalah or or rather like a christian version of jewish kabbalah and astrology and alchemy and it tries to like cram it all into a a package that makes sense you know yeah and i spent years and i'm making all these like magical tools and it's real complicated you know because these 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 are victorian era educated and the nice thing is women were involved in the golden dawn which was kind of rare because these guys were like masons and they came out of freemasonry which i also became a freemason as part of all this but like these guys had time you know these these guys were they got money and time and they can spend six hours you know a night at the lodge doing all kinds of long-winded rituals and all that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah so I kind of like there was a point where oh and the point that made me sort of pull back from that style of ceremonial Western magic is um, I met I met with a rabbi like a Masonic function I'm sitting next to this rabbi yeah and I'm like yo man you know I do this I do Kabbalistic magic isn't that cool and he's like well what do you mean by that and I said well you know it's based in the Kabbalah. And, you know, it's the Golden Dawn, this and that. He's like, that's not Kabbalah, man. Um, I mean, he's a little more dignified than I'm yeah. making him sound, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's, he's, he's essentially said that's not Kabbalah. He's like, that's – Christians kind of took that, took Kabbalah and changed it and ran with yeah. it. And then the Golden Dawn, like, grabbed onto that. He's like, but if you want to learn real Kabbalah, you have to study with a – rabbi he's like this is this is jewish wisdom tradition that's been passed down for you know centuries and centuries and it's not what these guys are doing or what they're telling you they're doing i'm like well wait a minute so I, i kind of that was like a eureka moment and i 
I stopped and thought about what I was doing, and I said, you know, maybe I'm spinning my wheels, all the ceremonial magic stuff. Yeah. And because there's always, like, and I, I realize, like, some people do great magic by, like, lighting a candle. And that and that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's not all. You don't have to have all these tools and ceremonies and all this stuff like intention. Um, just I, I knew there was something to ritual, and I was getting a lot out of it. But I felt like I had to like just sort of start over. So I, for the next year, several years. I started reading magic like from the ancient Egyptians and then the Greeks and then the magic of the Middle Ages. But the but also magic how it was done in Africa, magic, Taoist magic. So I really I I sort of started completely from scratch. And I'm like, what are the universal things in all these traditions that people do? Like, what do they do in China in the third century? That is echoed over here in like enslaved people in the U.S. and in you know 1860 and things like that. And I, I just started trying to take little bits that that seem kind of universal and patch them together and make something that worked for me. And interesting. Now <laughs> let me jump in because mm-hmm. yeah know. yeah sorry yeah I told you I <laughs> ramble man I'm sorry. No 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 it's all right. <laughs> Now, what can you give me an example of what one of these universal uh, things would be? Because I'm very intrigued by that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the the probably the most the one everyone can understand is what became referred to as like contagion. All right. So think about if I said to you, um, "Hey Tim, man, I've got this guitar that John Lennon played." And it's going up for auction for $400,000. And you'd be like, wow, man, that's a lot of money. But, like, that's a guitar that John Lennon played. Now, we know that that guitar is just wood and metal and plastic, you know, whatever the hell was made of the guitar out of. But there's a magic to it because it's associated with something. Or an autograph, you know, how much people pay for autographs or just to be in the presence of like a relic in a church or something like that. So that's one of the principles. And everybody gets that. And the other is I think people get as well, and that is correspondence. So the idea in magic is that if you want to do magic for something, let's say, um, let's say you want to go on a trip to the to Jamaica. All right. Now yeah. that's you want to go you, and, and you're dying and you're so sick of the winter. You want to go to Jamaica. You're having a hard time getting the money together. You really want to go. So you want to you want to go to Jamaica. So what might you do? Um, if you were forming a ritual, you might do um, use a sunflower because Jamaica is sunny. Ah, okay. You yeah. might use green, black, and I think yellow or red, or you know, for the for the colors. You might find things that have those colors. You might get candles that match the Jamaican yeah. flag. Um, you know, you might look up who a goddess or god is. That might be part of Jamaican ritual, things like that. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's so magic is has to do with contagion. That's why people are always freaked out. Like, don't let 
you know, don't let the witch get your fingernails when you clip them, you know, because they'll put a spell on you. Or people always guarded, <laughs> like, their, you know, their the stuff that came out of their body because yeah, if yeah, someone yeah. gets that, that gives them some sort of psychic link to you. So that's that's yeah. like contagion. And correspondence is, and this goes back to the ancient Greeks and all, is that – if you consider the world like magical, then things have things that look alike have correspondences. So, you know, if you wanted to put a curse on somebody, you might get a mandrake root because it looks like a person. Mm, or, yeah. you know, if you want to work, if if you're if you want to win in battle, you use the color red because that's associated with Mars, and okay. Mars is the god of war and things like that. So okay. those are really like the through lines of magic, and there's a lot more than that, oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But but that's how people can create, and people kind of innately understand that. You know, if you like you're in love, like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of love spells because I feel like, you know, you you don't want to try to coerce people <laughs> to yeah, like you yeah, yeah. or love you. Underhanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, but but people innately like when I was a kid, like my I I got this um like scarf that belonged to one of my girlfriends and that scarf was like magical to me you know i'd like yeah yeah put it on my pillow and sleep with it and the per <laughs> and the perfume smelled like her and stuff you know the scarf still had her perfume and that's that's like matt you know people get that yeah people, no, I, so I so for me we're all sort of like magically wired anyway we all think magically we're all magical thinkers even if we try really hard to dismiss that sort of thing yeah. and uh and to be to do magic is just making yourself a little more open to that and a little more creative i look at i look at magic as like an artistic way of interacting alan moore the great comic artist and writer he, yeah. he he said art is magic and magic is art it's really kind of hard to pull them apart when you think about it like a, a great book can change the course of history um oh, a work yeah. of a work of art can inspire people to do things or right, yeah right. so so it like comes out of someone's mind so it's like, right yeah yeah exactly so. exactly and i i, I and i think fiction is really one of the most magical arts because and Steve I've read, I first read this in a, in Stephen King's book on writing and I you know again mind blowing explosions in my head you know when when he said it was so simple is that like if if I'm writing a story and I write the story and it's about King uses kind of a similar analogy it's like he's like right now um, there's a there's a cage in front of me. Inside that cage is a rabbit, a white rabbit. And on that rabbit's back, in red ink, is the number eight. And and he's like, now I'm sitting here in, you know, bumfuck Maine. We're at Bangor, Maine, right, <laughs> writing this right now. With all due respect it, to Lauren Coleman. Who's <laughs> yeah, I love, we, I love Bangor. I, I love Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be as fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love Lauren, too, and I, I love Bangor. My brother Lauren, lives Lauren, in Maine. We love Maine. We love Maine. We love, we love Bangor. <laughs> so Stephen King, um, so he, he says, he writes in his book, he said, I'm in Bangor, Maine. And I'm sitting here, and it's 1991 or whatever it was. And it doesn't matter where you are. You might be reading this in 
Philadelphia. You might be reading this in Cancun. You might be reading this in Iceland. But you're, but we're communicating. He's like, this is telepathy. You're, I'm through these little squiggles on a piece of paper. I created that image in your mind. Oh, and that's like, in your mind, yeah. And that's that's telepathy. He's like, it's it transcends time. It transcends space because no matter where or when you are, this image I've just sent is like, yeah, it's happening in your head. And it seems kind of silly and well, duh, um, when you think about it. But but it's real. There's there's something amazing about that. You know, there's yeah, something sure. yeah. that is true telepathy. That's true, like transference and uh so to me you know magic is is art is some of the most powerful magic william s burroughs went and saw um led zeppelin and he's like this is a mass dionysian <laughs> ritual because people are just like ecstatic and freaking out like dionysus like right, right. like you know um and so so you know for me Magic is just a way of approaching life, I guess. It doesn't have to involve, like, I, I, I enjoyed Ren's ritual, and, you know, he's very uh, he's very deep into that particular, like, path of magic, and that's yeah. awesome. But for me, like, that, that type of magic just started feeling like kind of, I don't know, like... Sounds like too much work. Too much work. Too much work <laughs> when... Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna use another bad example, but I won't. Um, but but go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, it's like I think magic can be really simple, and some of the best magic is just some of the simplest things that you could do. That 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 old woman walking into the Catholic church and lighting a novena candle for her sick sister. Yeah, that's that's mad. That's powerful magic. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, it seems like it has a lot to do with sort of like the power of belief, and that, that, that that's an actual power, and then it can be harnessed along with a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, that that yeah. kind of is, is something that I took away. So you, so you wrote this book, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Magic for the Resistance. Now, first of all, I, I I mean, I understand why you would want to write the book because, I mean, I, everyone who listens to the show knows my politics. I can't stand Trump. <laughs> I think he's a fucking asshole. I mean, that's putting it mildly. <laughs> like, I think, you know, he's a dangerous con man, cult leader, um, death cult leader, it seems like. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I probably most of the people who support him stopped listening to Banal America back when, all the, when he first <laughs> showed up on the scene. And that's fine. I don't yeah. really care, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't need to appease, I don't want those people listening to the fucking show, so it's like, <laughs> that's that's part of it. So, I mean, you wrote the book, so I understand mm-hmm. why you would want to write the book, I understand, like, mm-hmm. the whole, but what made you decide to sort of put your neck out there, in a sense, and do this? Because I know it cannot have possibly been easy, because anybody... I was reading an article the other day just about Republicans who opposed Trump and this, you know, this old, I presume an old lady was like, you may have read the same article. The old lady was like, at the senior home, she's like, you can't even say anything about Trump because there's an 82-year-old guy here that'll flip out and start screaming at you and shit. <laughs> so it's like, just from that little mic- microcosm, like, if you dare to say anything about, you immediately get mobbed by the psychos, uh, the cult members. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I guess what what sort of made you – it was a brave decision to write the book is the point I'm trying to make. So what made you – and I applaud you for that. Oh. What did, what made you decide to fucking do this? Because I cannot fathom I, – I, I wouldn't have just, – just being out about him tonight on the show, I'm just like, all right, no, hopefully I don't <laughs> hear any shit. Um, yeah. So, like, what, what sort of motivated you to, to take that leap, if you will? Yeah, I, thank you. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily brave. I, I, I've always had – kind of a big mouth even when i was a little kid i i really despised seeing people um bullied or abused or or when things were unfair i just always had a sense of like this this is unfair this shouldn't be happening this way and i would i would open my mouth and sometimes that would get me into trouble so it 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 feels like like that constitutional part of me that's that's drawn to spooky stuff and weird stuff that's part of who i am too i've just had a you know never had a easy time keeping my mouth shut when i thought something was (laughs) was unfair and i think most people who know me would probably laughing uh right now but what happened is i just came up I was sitting around. I've always been an activist. I'm not so much now because I work in media, and I have to kind of pull back uh, my, my my political, you know, the stuff I talk about politically and stuff. But since this is all in the past, I'm free to talk about it. Um, I've always been an activist ever since I was I was into no nukes when I was like 15. I went to this big rally in Central Park with Bruce Springsteen and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Jackson Brown, all that stuff. You know, it was so that was I grew up with an activist mentality and an activist mindset. And then the environment, I became very strong environmentalist. And did a lot of environmental activism and things like that. And I was always out at like rallies and protests. And it was just, just, just what I did. Yeah. And uh, so when that that guy became president, when he was running, I was very worried. And I think my fears turned out to be justified. And uh, but after the election, I just felt so many people were just so full of despair. And some of the first things that happened, like the, you know, was called the Muslim ban and things like that were just shocking. And and people were and it just seemed like a fire hose of shit every day. That's the way I looked at it, like just pointing, pointing at us and just spraying people down. And and so many of my friends and family and colleagues, things like that were just just at a loss of like what to do and it felt so different it felt like thing this was different what what yeah. was happening yeah, it yeah. wasn't similar to like when george bush became president and i didn't like his politics but like i wasn't in in absolute fear that something insane could happen yeah, at any was, at any minute it was and, unsettling the whole experience was fucking unsettling I'm, yeah yeah I'm, i mean i'm mind back to that time and it was like when after he won the election, then it was like he held court up in his fucking crazy hotel in New York, and people would have to come in and go past all the things. And it was like, this is so freaky. I don't like any of this. This is like, this is just making me really uncomfortable right from the fucking word go. And yeah. it never ended. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was terrifying, and I was terrified. So I kept thinking, like, what, what would be a good thing to do right now? Like, how can I 
energize people to fight back like well i could have a party and invite some djs and then take that money and give it to like planned parenthood or something you know or right. or the aclu or whatever some some force that was pushing in the other direction but i felt like things had changed like this was so different that the approach to it had to be different yeah so i was sitting around with my friend drinking beer as we are wont to do uh this but this buddy of mine great ideas come from a you know a couple open cans of of beer and and i was like you know what man like i i was just i had this idea out of left field what if like there was this ritual that like everybody could do at the same time all over the place, and, like to push back against all of this, like a, a yeah. like a mass ritual. Because I was thinking back to like when the hippies tried to levitate the Pentagon during the Vietnam War. I was oh, thinking right. back to like yeah, yeah. when witches, uh, British witches, Gerald Gardner and this coven tried to keep Hitler from crossing yeah, the yeah. English Channel. So I'm yeah, thinking, hey, man, you know, there's maybe something like this. And my friend, you know, we're. We're, you know, half in the bag. And he's like, that's crazy as <laughs> shit, man. That's one of the dumbest things you've ever said. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But I couldn't – I kept thinking, you know, maybe that's not such a bad idea. So I wrote this little ritual, talked to some other, like, magic magic people about it and got their feedback and stuff. And I posted it on a Medium, yeah. um, the blogging or website platform. And just thought, you know, hey, some of my friends will like this that I get passed around. But within like an hour of posting it, it was just like I was watching the numbers turning yeah. and turning and turning and going, holy shit, man. <laughs> and then and then so I'm, I'm at work, <laughs> you know, my job, my day job. And I start getting calls from CNN and Fox and shit like that. Oh, wow. And this thing is just blowing through the roof like like. And it would not stop. It wasn't slowing down. So right. I put this little sign on my door like, oh, I'm in a meeting. Do not disturb. And I'm just dealing with these calls and people so want to be viral. Essentially. It, it went. Yeah. I mean, never has any. I, I've had like one other thing go pretty big and viral. But this blew every like I, right. I, I was I, I was in shock. Right. I really didn't know what to do. And one of my favorite – so, but I had picked a day. I picked like the waning crescent moon, you know, because that's a creepy <laughs> time to do this ritual. And it was coming up. And all these people, like CNN in particular, kept calling me. They're going, we want to send reporters to videotape you people doing this – you witches doing this ritual. And I'm like, I'm not a witch, first of all, but that's cool. <laughs> um, and so I started asking around and – Everybody I talked to is like, no fucking way, dude. I'm not letting, I'm not going on TV right. in this atmosphere with what's going on in the world right now. Uh, so, but the CNN people would not relent. They're like, come on, man, we got a producer that wants to cover this. So I did something very unusual for myself, but I lied. I was just like, I got to get them to leave me alone. And I said, yeah. I hear there are witches will be doing this ritual at Trump Tower. <laughs> at the night this is happening, like, all right, man, this is great. Thank you. Thank you. I have a producer there. And I'm like, oh, my God. So so the night That's of the road, ritual, you know? <laughs> like this thing, I mean, it was like a, it was in Rolling Stone. It was in the Boston Globe yeah, yeah, Time. Yeah, it was yeah, it CNN. Fuck. 
then Tucker Carlson is trying to get me to come on his show. And I'm like, I don't yeah, think I mean, so, bro. Um, yeah. Fox and friends are inviting me on. Jeez. So the, the night of the ritual, which I think was February 14th, 2017. So I'm I, I get all my friends together. One of my friends like, you can do it in my backyard in my fire pit. You know, I'm like, great, man. So I, I put the word out to, you know, a bunch of friends, like a couple dozen friends, and everybody's psyched for it. And um, so um, I'm on my way to this to do this ritual, and I'm, like, sweating and nervous, and I'm wondering if there's going to be, like, a sniper there shooting me or something. You know, I mean, I'm just terrified and at the same time in a constant state of shock. This thing is so big. Like, people in England wow. are talking. People in Australia are contacting me about it. So I stop at the liquor store because I'm like, my friends are getting together on like at on a weeknight at, on at midnight. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have some beverages for them. So <laughs> cases of beer and wine and shit, you know. And I'm, I go, I'm in the liquor store and I go up and this this girl, she's like maybe twenty two, twenty three. She goes, oh, you look like you're having a party. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, um, yeah, me and some friends are. They're doing a binding spell on the president tonight. And she goes, she goes, do you have the unflattering photo? And I looked and I looked at her and I'm like, and it, I realized like the unflattering photo is one of the ingredients of the wow. ritual. And she starts laughing. She's like, yeah, me and my friends are doing it later too. So, you know, it, it was just one wow. crazy, you know, this random liquor store yeah. person is also doing it and people are emailing me i was in the grocery store in london and people were talking about this today and <laughs> so, so so long story short um so we do the binding ritual and it was streamed live on facebook at twenty thousand some people watching live wow. and um and then when it was done i'm just like zapped man like so worn out so glad it's over and i sat down and a buddy of mine walks toward me with his phone and he's like dude look at this he holds out his phone and there's cnn the front page and there are witches sitting at the foot of trump tower with their candles and stuff doing this ritual oh, so, they did it there. so like they really did yeah like i lied just to get cnn to leave me alone but then it really like met the witches showed up you know like yeah so um you know the, the the whole period was just but but what it made me realize and on you know doing a ritual whether people believe in magic or not doing a ritual changes the way you feel right i mean everything from like smoking a cigarette to a catholic mass you know it's like a ritual it's something that you do and it change it might just change you a little bit but it does things and there's more research coming out that like rituals make you perform better like if you take a test or uh, yeah. yeah like there, there's been some great research if someone gives a golfer a uh, golf ball and says this golf ball is really lucky. They will perform better. Or that's why basket, basketball players who do a little ritual before they take free throws, it works. Like doing rituals affects our our behavior, and that's why that's part of the reason why we do them. But with that's this why whole Tom Brady deflated all those footballs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just magic folks come on i know pure magic man <laughs> um so, so my my point of that long-winded 
exposition is that um, now here's where I lose my train oh, no, of thought. Sorry. No, no. Uh, so the the point of that whole exposition is that ritual makes people feel different and makes people yes. feel better. And yes. if nothing else, I think that whole Trump binding ritual that hundreds of thousands of people did, especially the first time it was done. I mean, yeah. there were there was so many people all over the world at the same time doing the same ritual. And a lot of them did it monthly and a lot of them still do it every month to this day. And my, what I am most happy about of all that um, and putting my neck out there and all, like you said, is that it gave people a taste of like what magic is, what ritual is. And yeah. so many of them said to me, I felt so powerless and beaten down and, distressed and depressed but yeah. when i burn a picture of that guy at the end of the ritual and i watch his face turning to ash and then i laugh at him because the end of the ritual is like this big laughter yeah, i yeah. feel good again like i feel right. okay i feel like i can go do the work that i need to do you know the practical yeah, yeah. work calling congress people and writing emails and all that sort of stuff so so that it got so big that being a writer, I'm like, hey, I'll write a book about this. I'll talk to my yeah, agent. Yeah. And he said, yeah, man, let's do it. And, uh, you know, went back and forth through a couple of publishers and everything. And and he's like, OK, we got a publisher. Now you got to write the book. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, OK, cool. So my publisher, <laughs> Llewellyn, they publish a lot of like magic and witch books it's like their thing. They said, hey, well, you know, we really love this idea and we really want to do this and we'll give you an advance and all this. But we want it to come out before the midterm elections because right. it's like, you know, political stuff. And we'd love to have it come out before the midterm elections. And I was like, well, that's like uh, five months. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they go, yeah, they go, yeah, yeah, it's about it's just that's a yeah. Yeah. Can you do it? And I went, uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I, I, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was writing oh, my I book. Oh, I Yeah, that sounds tough. And, and it was, you know, it was terrifying because I thought, you know, is it going to open me up to crazy, more crazy people? Yeah, did you get a lot of pushback from crazy people? N you know, surprisingly, no. Um, when the yeah. when that ritual went viral, yeah, like. Like I was getting death threats and stuff, you know, which is just kind of par, par for the course, like emails saying what they were going to do to, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was yeah. it was awful on anyone who's in the public. Sadly, like that's where we are. Like you just get that. Yeah, you yeah. have to expect that. But with the book, it didn't really. There was this one guy, this one Golden Dawn magician who like went off the rails after me. And it's really funny. I encourage you guys to look at it. Like, if you want to laugh, it's called Magic with a K Wars dot com. Yeah. And this guy was calling me like a, like some kind of pedophile. I mean, you oh, all the God. stuff, all the stuff that they do, and he, you know, yeah. and and. But but he but his videos are fucking hilarious, man. There's like a video that I think is like is crazy. There's a video that's like as crazy as like any of John Waters like more outrageous movies <laughs> that this guy did, and uh, it, it's just it's just funny. I mean, he's so deranged, and and he was you know he was a Trump supporter and that, yeah, yeah and but but just absolutely deranged like saying the most horrible unhinged things about me. But you can just look at the guy like dude, the guy like needs yeah. yeah. 
he needs a, a break at some place and some medicine and, uh, you know, but other than that, uh, it, it, I think really that the idea of like, I think there are a lot of people um, on the sort of the political left or just Democrats or whatever um, who are more, you know, more aligned with the idea of, of like witchcraft and things like that. Like witchcraft suddenly became the force of resistance. And I think part of that's due to like the ritual that I created and how fast it spread and things like that. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are into witchcraft in particular have been kind of either harmed by Christianity, you know, like fundamentalism or, um, they're just more, you know, they felt marginalized for whatever reason, sexuality, right. gender, things like that. Um, so, so really, I think what I gave voice to was already sort of bubbling. Was like, hey, yeah, man, you know, yeah. there, there, there's a lot of us who who are not, you know, these fundamentalist white evangelical Christians right, right, that have right. gotten into power and ha- and seem to love this power so much and using that power to push down other people that I think it just it was like the ritual was the right thing at the right time for a lot of these yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's. I don't know. I'm sure you're as unsettled as I am because it's like, here we go again with all this shit. And so it may be you may need to, like, revive this. <laughs> this well, people, give it a give it a boost or something, because it's like, what the fuck, man? Like pe- we people, doing- they've been doing it. I mean, the, the 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 original ritual that I created, people have been doing it every single month. Like, you know, I thought after the guy was out of office and after January 6th and stuff like that i thought all right we can shut this down you know i don't have to be up right, at midnight at midnight on a tuesday night because it's the waning crescent moon and i have to go <laughs> to work tomorrow doing this ritual because it's, it's cool now we're okay um but <laughs> we're not okay clearly we're not okay um so a lot of folks are still doing this i expect it will it will pick up again um as we get close and deeper into the 2024 political season yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I, I, I. Well, we're, we're going to get into conspiracies now, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant <laughs> to even say much more about it. It's just so stressful, and uh, I'm going to be stressed yeah. out probably until maybe January of what 25. Like that's. <laughs> I'm, we're for looking real. at like a fucking year of stress for anyone who. <laughs> is, yeah. I, I. I. There are a lot of people who are checked out, and it's like I I admire you being checked out, but to me it's like I need to I don't know for some reason this fucking really <laughs> concerns me. Yeah, uh, and ultimately it it feels to me like you know I'm I'm kind of a patriotic dude. Um, I I believe in democracy, and you know in the upper upper and lower D senses of the word, like uh, you know. But I've always, you know, I've always had friends from different politi- political persuasions all my life, and we've always got along fine. I mean, we might have a heated argument once in a while, but I'm like, hey, that's cool. I get where you're coming from. It just right. things just seem so different now. It's like we're poised on the edge of like what could be the downfall of everything that we, you know, democracy has meant, and yeah. watching what's happening in other countries and seeing how quickly. It can happen and watching, you know, I'll never forget, like for a lot of people, 
uh, September 11th. And, you know, you said we're going to talk about conspiracies, but yeah, September yeah. 11th, like, sort of killed conspiracy as far as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's yeah. when things started going hard south or hard right or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There had always been some elements there. But for me, January 6th was, in a way, even almost more terrifying and distressing because these were, like, American yeah, citizens yeah, yeah. who were, you know, guys with flexicuff. They were, I mean, they were ready to murder people because yeah, they didn't a lot, agree. A lot worse than it was. I mean, yeah, I yeah. Back on it, and I think to myself, like things, like we got out of it, like with the probably the closest yeah. to like a best case scenario, like yeah, you know, for real. Like, I yeah. I was watching that live, like because I'm a kind of a political junkie, and I was watching yeah, that sure. live, too, yeah. and yeah. I was just like screaming i was in the like in my office in the basement like screaming for my wife to come down and my mom who lives next yeah, door yeah, was coming over and we're just all like where's the national guard what the what the hell is happening how can this be happening i mean it was just because yeah. i was one of those people who initially believed like nah he's gonna leave like he's gonna leave office like if, if he loses I really believed like he was just going to go. All right, fuck it, man. I lost. All yeah, right, I'm going to go back, go back to my tower and you know do my thing on my golden toilet. But, but so so I was not. I mean, it was I had read there were respectable people who were saying he ain't going to go, and I'm like, oh come on, man. Like I know he's nuts and you know blah blah blah. He's like he's going. There's there's no way. And so that day, so January sixth for me is as traumatizing and and unforgettable as 911 uh, you know yeah. and uh so uh yeah it's so yeah I'm happy to move on to another subject yes. <laughs> yeah 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 um, well, we'll but we'll probably dabble in that as we get into this so you wrote a really fascinating essay uh which really dovetailed with a lot of my thinking um where you say good riddance to conspiracy theory pretty much split from the conspiracy theory community and I think there was a long article in the New York Times um, recently uh, that profiled Smiles Lewis and sort of talked about the the older generation or like the last of the real conspiracy theorists or however you want to sort of classify mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, I know the late Ken Thomas was of the same mindset where it was like they just kind of looked at what happened and it was like, this isn't the conspiracy theory that we <laughs> that we came up on that we popularized or anything. It's conspiracy theories changed. It's gotten a lot darker and way too political. Um, yeah, and yeah. and also way too <sighs> conspiracy theory really only works best in my opinion um, when you have the benefit of time. So I think. As you were saying, 9-11, it sort of was the first of this to be affected by this phenomenon where it was like, okay, now conspiracy theory lives in real time, mm-hmm. and it completely – it just doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work that way, and <laughs> I think yeah. that's where I became disconnected from conspiracy theory as well, where it became – it's where it's in the now kind of thing, and – you know, you need the you need the benefit of time to truly understand and study conspiracy theory. Yeah, and it's it's instantaneous. It's because we're all constantly online, right? And everyone is a sleuth. You know, that's what's also kind of it's screwing up so many 
criminal investigations because you've got people online who are saying you know, hordes of people who are trying to oh, yeah, yeah. be detectives about some murder and accusing innocent people who are getting hounded yes. by online mobs and stuff like that. That's another example of that, and you're absolutely right. And I don't, don't really – I haven't really – made it that clear that point but but so that's a like a really excellent point is that it's real time and there's the issue is it, the reason that's the case is that there's always chaos like i work in news now yeah, yeah. and it, there's always things being said oh i thought you know whenever there's a shooting uh, there was a i swear there was another guy over in the woods right there or whatever right, right, and it yeah. might have been the mailman you know walking walking through from one housing development to another but suddenly oh my god there were two shooters see they're lying to us and yeah, that yeah. turns into oh those parents are crisis actors and those children didn't really die and you've yeah. got assholes traumatizing parents who just lost their fucking kids yeah. in a mass gun murder but right. and telling them they're actors you know and it's yeah 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 like and that was that was the that was the real breakup for me with conspiracy culture like it was fun I remember when Alex Jones like snuck into Bohemian Grove. Yeah, yeah. I made a video. <laughs> that was cool, you know. I, I had a friend burned it on DVD, and I would watch it, and like, damn, those elites are, you know, blah 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 <laughs> yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of it is just kind of getting a little older and getting a little smarter and realizing that how how fucking difficult it is to keep something secret, especially right, something right. as monumental as like. You know, oh, we didn't walk on the moon or yeah, whatever. Like, right, do you realize right, right. how many like that? That's that's what I that's what I started to sort of turn around on some of the people I knew that were getting like really fallen down the hole deep. It's like how many people would have how many people are in on this secret? Like how many right, people right. would have to be whatever conspiracy? And also like you know, you know the propensity of people. Like, if I had some grand conspiracy, I'd I'd go out and try to. I talk to a reporter, you know, like right, right? right. You know, there's just the logic starts to fall apart, and it was always well, they don't want you to know. Like, who is they? That's another question I started to turn yeah. around on on these folks. Like, well, uh, you know, that they are. But I'm like, well, how quantify they? Like, how many right. people? How many people would be involved to be staging chemtrails? This, I had a guy follow me around at a conference about show, <laughs> shoving his phone in my face every fight. What about this one? It's a chemtrail. I'm like, it's a contrail, dude. I grew up near a fucking airport. You know, I know like it, that's what airplanes do. It depends on the weather. So but but uh, so, you know, I started turning around these folks like, well, how many people would have to be involved if, first of all, you'd have to have the guy who is installing the chemtrail unit on a commercial jet. OK, yeah, exactly. then you then you have to be in the mechanics. They have to be in on it because they're the ones looking at every ass. Well, what the hell is this thing, man? You know, it says chemtrails right, right. on it. What the hell is that? Um, Plus the people who make the actual chemicals. Right. Like the chemicals. The people who ship the chemicals. Like when you <laughs> interrogate these the, the, these really dumbass conspiracies, like they fall apart. And and I was just trying to encourage people to like turn like just if you believe in a conspiracy, try to disbelieve it. That's a that's always. Yeah, that's a good try to, like yeah. try to find try to. 
try to prove yourself wrong. And if if the theory is true, it can withstand that. You know, you can if if you can get in the mindset of trying to disprove it, and you still can't dis. Well, then maybe you got something there. You know, maybe maybe there's something to it. But it just like I said, it, I think really 9-11 is when – there's still some crazy shit about 9-11. Like I'm not saying – Yeah, there's not some weird, but – Yeah, th- there might not be some some stuff going on that you know some people in the U.S. government knew might be coming or whatever. Right. But it just became – and it was – again, it was in real time. So you had people – grabbing you know what was happening and then the story would change because that's what happens newspapers issue corrections and clarifications guess what it wasn't 30 people that died it was 29 one of those people is still in the hospital things like that yes yes yes. you're absolutely right where it's like the fog of war people one of the old adages conspiracy theories always it's like pay attention to what what they say right away at the very beginning and and you know the more you kind of like look back on it it's like well that's when people fucking don't really know Anything that happens, and they're kind of like, well, they, you know, like a school shooter or whatever. It's like, did these were like kids that were like in a cowering behind a desk, like, you know, it's just because they said they saw like what they thought was two people run by, you know, we know we have videos or whatever that show they weren't. So, exactly. Well, but they've been doctored too, Tim. Right, exactly. I understand that now. They got, they got to the videos, and, you know, if we look (laughs) at it frame by frame, there's two missing frames here. And, and, and it just, it's just self. It's like self-masturbatory just – and what I get though and, and what I wrote in that article, like I get what it's like to be a sleuth, like an online right, sleuth. Right. And when I was deep in conspiracies, um, there was one in particular called the Hosanna Church in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It looked like an absolute bona fide satanic cult. Like it checked all the boxes. They found costumes in a shed by the school. And apparently there was stuff written on the walls. It only showed up in black light, you know, stuff like that. And people can guy walked in the sheriff's office and confesses. And I'm like, this is it, man. There's, you know, and but so I started chronicling this. And then I started seeing that it was kind of falling apart a little bit. Like turns out the guy who confessed was. A little kooky. And he had been talking to this woman who was, you know, in a relationship with the sheriff, you know, all this, all this stuff that that starts to come out when, again, like you said, you take your time and you and you see what's happening. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just uh, again, it was one of those sort of epiphany moments where I was just watching and I, I was watching people and they were getting so dark and getting pulled into such dark beliefs and yeah, yeah. the idea that like so many people are evil you know it's the whole yes, QAnon yes. the adrenochrome yeah. stuff like that and right. and but I could see this bubbling and it had always been there like even in the early conspiracy days that I consider, like you were talking about the New York Times, right? Like the classic era, Kennedy conspiracies, you know, UFO yeah, moon, stuff. Even moon hoax. Like, let's look, it's silly. Yeah. You know, you know, I, sure. I, 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 I'm friends with the flat earthers, like the flat earth, like, you know, I'm a fan of any bad conspiracy theory because it's like, well, I don't need to, you know, Elvis death hoax or something like that. Sure. Right. Lay it right. on me. 
<laughs> right. It it just wasn't the, there weren't we, people weren't making enemies. You know, people weren't right. making other people into monsters. And that's so much of what is done. Like, sure, you could say like Henry Kissinger monster you know we we can we can say henry kissinger was did some pretty monstrous things yeah, yeah um but like when you're looking at when you're making out your you know the head of your school board to be a reptilian right. satanic right. baby eater because some unhinged idiot uh, you know now has a giant megaphone and a platform to reach thousands of people, hundreds of tens, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, something's wrong. And, uh, and, and people are getting hurt. You know, that guy, that guy walked into Comet Ping Pong and shot up. He didn't shoot any people, thankfully, but could you imagine like if you're, you know, you're chilling out with your kids, having a pizza, playing some fucking ping pong oh, yeah. and some oh, guy yeah. comes in and starts shooting up the place demanding to see the, the enslaved, MK Ultra children in the basement when there isn't a yeah. basement. And so it's, it's mind boggling that people believe this shit and it's distressing. Uh, yeah. It, and it's and it's easier than ever. And what I what I meant to say a minute ago is I understand the 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 like uh the serotonin hit or or noradrenaline hit that people yeah. get when they make a connection. Because right. I was into that, you know, that Louisiana, you know, I was digging through like all kinds of local records and stuff like that. And when I'd find a connection or what felt like a connection to me, it feels it feels good. You know, like you're like, shit, yeah, I connected yeah. that guy to that guy. So that further proves my thesis. And then and then even better is you share that. And that's why QAnon became such a phenomenon, because you make this amazing connection with your your mind, like your incredible sleuthing mind. And then you share it with your buddies who are thinking the same thing. They're like, dude. You nailed it. That's amazing. We're going to put that in the FAQs, you know, over here. Like, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. collectively feeding off each other in this frenzy of 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 self. Again, it's like this circle jerk of like a bubble, yeah. of yeah. self. Feed, you know, you're just feeding each other on this energy, and right. uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's part of it. And it just got so dark, and 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 just so so mean i couldn't I, i'm yeah you no, know i go back to like oh kennedy kennedy assassination i mean you could you could sit in a room with kennedy assassin scholars and talk for 30 hours straight and you're all going to be disagreeing on some stuff but you're kind of all like generally living in the same reality <laughs> yeah, yeah but but these people you know it's i had a woman jump on my my uh, Twitter and like, dude, adrenochrome is real. I'm like, oh my God. God. Hunter S. Thompson made that up in a book, you know, like, please. Well, it's and, worrisome too. It's like, there's always been sort of the one kooky sort of conspiracy theorist, but now it's like there's thousands of them and they, yeah. they're all feeding on each other. And it's really the sad, I'm sure there have been documentaries made about it now. And it, it, it's the, the people become detached from their families and they are so into this shit. It's like, like you're saying, they live in a completely different fucking reality than us. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't even know how to, like, they need help. They need fucking, yeah. 
They need help. But the worst part of it, though, is it's weaponized. It's weaponized by people who know it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. But if but they know that if they say, hey, you know, Nancy Pelosi uh, is in charge of the adrenochrome factory and, you know, she's drank the blood of 30 babies in the past month. Some guy with a hammer is going to show up at her house and, you know, beat her husband. Um, yeah. almost into a coma. And there, th- that's, that's what's terrifying is, and, and that's what's happening in every alternative community. That's why I'm such a loudmouth um, yeah. online is so many alternative spaces, whether it's UFOs, whether it's the paranormal, whether it's, you know, uh, new age circles, whether it's alternative healing, they're being deliberately weaponized by people. Because number yeah. one, and I, I'm the first to admit it, um, you know, believing in UFOs, ghosts, uh, there's a common denominator among a lot of people, and that is an element of gullibility. Um, sure. yeah. I, I, I've I've been gullible and I've been duped, and I've recognized it in myself, and I've recognized most people, Fortean, you know, weirdo people that have been doing this for a while, we realize how easy, we, we realize the value of agnosticism and like yeah. saying, okay, well, okay, step back a little bit. But um, right, but, like but there, the iconic quote, "I want to believe." It's like exactly, yeah, yeah, we do. That's that, yeah. right. That's yeah. why we. That's why we do this. That's why we love this. But, but that gullibility can be manipulated by smart people, and they can in turn weaponize it, which is what they're doing. Which which you didn't get in the heyday of conspiracies. I mean, you always right. had like anti-Semitic conspiracies and things like that, but there was never instant always on media that can constantly fill your brain with toxicity like it is yeah, today yeah. and and that's that's why i i said i can't do it anymore i can't be in conspiracy forums first of all i just got tired of like being uh, beaten up as like a debunker or whatever you know or, right, or a right. cia shill or whatever like bro yeah yeah you know, look, uh, it used to be fun engaging in conspiracies, but it got to the point where it was not fun. And not right, only was right. it not fun, it was it was scary. It was scary watching you know people I liked and people I cared about go from kind of, you know, fairly well-adjusted individuals to believing the craziest like David Icke reptilian yeah. nonsense all of a sudden i'm like wait i thought i knew you man <laughs> yeah 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 well it's two points here first uh talk a little bit about sort of it was really disheartening reading that piece because you you did a point by point like breakdown of why this pizzagate thing is bullshit um we don't need to revisit that but when you yeah. tried to like spread the word it was like Various other media outlets in this podcasting sphere fucking, you know, kind of gave you the short shrift here. And it was like, tr- the treatment alone is shitty. And the other part's just like, how the fuck can they even believe this Pizzagate thing in the first place? Like, that to me was almost more more, more offensive than the fact that they, like, wouldn't, ignore, wouldn't like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> how they... Gave you the runaround. It was like they're giving you the runaround because they believe this fucking shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This, is, this it, is crazy. Like I, it, you know, 
Um, it's sep- it separated yeah. the wheat from the chaff for me. Like it really yeah, did. Sure. Like oh, and and it ended friendships. Um, you know, but but my basic break with conspiracy part of the reason was that was because I was watching friendships end, and people I respected, you know, podcasters who used to talk about oh consciousness and UFOs and all that suddenly. They're talking about adrenochrome and Q drops and and how, you know, Democrats are Satanist and spirit cooking and and all this stuff. And it, it was it, it was. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, um, yeah. it, it, it there were a lot of people that I used to respect and I lost respect for. They lost respect for me and that's fine. Um, but it became clear to me that this toxicity was more widespread than just, you know, little communities. Like it yeah. really had metastasized. And and it really, and, and you know, people were like, why don't you, you know, it's your little strident, man. Why do you have to, you know, let that guy talk about his, his crazy evil conspiracies where he's, you know, literally demonizing human beings and things like that. And yeah, said, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I can't do that. You know, these are this is my community, too. And and I, I've ne- I believe and I still believe this is that if you put something out there, if, if you have a podcast, if you write an article, if you post something on friggin Facebook, you know, you're you're putting your ideas out into the world and your ideas can be challenged and they should be challenged. It's yeah. not, it's not censorship. You know, people are like, Oh, you're for censorship. You don't No, I'm not for <laughs> censorship. But if some guy is saying that, you know, Barack Obama is the descendant of Nazis and, uh, you know, and he's a robot or whatever, like I'm going to say, you're full of shit, man. Like this right, is, right. this is nonsense. And, and I, I do like, it's not, it's not deplatforming anybody. It's not, censoring someone if you just challenge their ideas and that's what if if someone's going to write it say you know publish a podcast and they're going to say these things then they should expect people to engage with what they're saying like it's not all about people saying yes you're great we love you if you actually have any sort of intellectual rigor or or just general decency you will listen to criticism like I, yeah, you know, sure. if you if you don't listen to criticism, then what's the point? Right, exactly. Then you just yeah, then it's a cult, then, you know. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it goes beyond belief. It turns into faith or something like that. Um, well, you saw the same kind of thing in a way with the COVID. Uh, yeah, because yeah. a lot of people. I, I saw a lot of people sort of break off into <laughs> yeah. the, the other side, and I'm just like, why? You know, I I just don't buy it. You know, yeah. Again, it also yeah. sort of goes to like the recency thing. It's like I'll wait. You know, maybe right. if, if if someone digs some shit up in like five or ten years that details how all this was uh, hoax, then sure, maybe I'll get on board with it. But it's like right now, I'm just trying to fucking live through this, dude. Right. I don't, right. So I'm gonna wear a mask. Like yep. fucking <laughs> yeah, is that real? Is, was it really asking that much yeah. anyway? Like a piece of a piece of cloth on my face is that right. much of an assault on someone else's idea of freedom? Like, dude, yeah, yeah. I mean, COVID also. I mean, 
I think I wrote that piece before COVID, and COVID just exploded everything into, you know, that's when things, that's when things just, um, I think, broke in a way that it's almost impossible to fix. And, and, and and part of it is we were, we were online all the time. What'd you do? You got up. You went to work on your, you know, for a lot of people, not luckily, lucky people got to get up, turn on your computer, you're talking to people all day long. And then you're also, you're like, oh man, check Facebook, check Twitter, yeah, what's yeah. on Reddit. Oh, my buddy just sent me this message that COVID's a, is a hoax. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's, so it, it just, that's when like nine eleven was a fracture. And then COVID was when everything just broke into hundreds of pieces and putting all the pieces right. together is hard, really yeah. hard. Yeah. There's a real schism in our society. And you can kind of like, without stereotyping people, you can kind of break it down. Like, um, it's like the QAnon, the COVID deniers, the Trumpies, they're all on that fucking side. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you really, once you get in on that, you, you're in on the whole fucking deal. Yeah, it's it's part of the weaponizing you're talking about too. Where it's, yeah, it's like religion, and it has cult aspects to it. Um, you know, I and I, you know, I don't. I, I agree with you. It's like people say, "Well, you got to listen to both sides and all that." Like, yeah, I and I do listen to both sides. I have listened. To and both one side's now. fucking <laughs> nuts, man. You know? Like exactly. one side is is it just so completely off the rails as far as reality. Yeah. I, I don't I don't need to listen to like I don't need to like engage and have a dialogue with them because they're like they're too far gone. And I, I believe people can. I've seen people who have been deprogrammed from cults and it's a difficult process because yeah. it becomes your lifestyle. It becomes everything in your life. It's who, it's who you are. It's your identity. And. It's that's hard to pull yourself out of, you know, and, and it happens to, you know, it's not just extreme, you know, right wing. It can happen in, you know, religious oh, yeah. ways or spiritual ways or, you know, there there can be people pulled into you know, left wing uh, delusions equally. It yeah. just so happens that the vast majority at this point in history is like it has fallen off the cliff in the in the other direction. So, you know, I'm not here to say nothing, you know, I'm always right or, you know, the Democrats have every answer or anything like that. I just miss the old system where people could argue Talk about policy. Yeah, argue about policies <laughs> and things like that instead of yeah. literally dehumanizing yeah, exactly. other people yeah. and calling them demons and whipping up hysteria and violence and it's like one of the one of the important terms i learned years ago is like stochastic terrorism that means that's like you don't have to be the guy that pulls the trigger in that crowd but if you're the guy who put that idea in that guy's mind if you're the person who made that guy believe that that's the way you kill monsters yeah, like exactly. you're, like you're playing a fucking video game or something. Then it's your it's your you know you're the stochastic terrorist. You right. you started that chain. You you put that idea that dangerous idea in that dude's you head. See a lot of that nowadays. Like just oh that, yeah, just dangerous. Uh, like you're saying, the dehumanizing of of people is really worrisome and troubling. And you know yeah uh, yeah, it's, 
it's just yeah, it's it it it, it, it freaks me it's out. It's disheartening but, too. It's disheartening because yeah, it's like yeah. man, these people, you know, we're all really people at the end of the day, and it's like if you could just right. fucking you know get over your fucking crazy paranoia, <laughs> like we're all just normal people. We're all just trying to get through the fucking day here, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A part of it, part of it too, is like demographically, the world is changing, yeah. and the people who've been in control, the people who was, you know, it, it used to be, it used to be normal to like if you're if you're writing a novel or something, you would say, the man came in and he was black, you know, like you would, you would, as if the default is everyone is white, you know, and or or you know the. The the idea that like you know t- two people the same sex could be in love and marry and things like that it yeah, used yeah. to like the people who who ran the show for so long it was it, it was those people who said oh that's 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 gross or um, you know yes the black people live over on that side of town but we're the real people over so I mean it's it was kind of baked in that sort of white Christian straight, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, is just the way the world is. And that's the way it is. And those, those people's numbers are going down yeah, and they're freaking out over it. And they're freaking out about that. And the more they freak out about it, the more they kind of self, you know, fulfill the idea that people are against them because they, they start doing shitty things to other people and it just becomes this like, and so what, what, what scares me is I I really believe that like most people in this country are pretty decent. You know, most people in the world are like decent people, golden rule. They just want to get up. They just want to do their thing and be left alone. They'll help their neighbor. They'll help their fucking neighbor. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, And those the crazy QAnon extremists will do that too, right? If, exactly. it, for their neighbors that are like them, but but the world is changing, and I feel like there's a group of people who are really intensely terrified about that. It comes out in you know dipshits like Tucker Carlson saying they're bringing in the brown people to they want the white people all gone, you know, and great yeah, replacement yeah. theory and stuff like that. It's like. That's not true, man. It's just the world is changing, and yeah, yeah, if exactly. you if you are gonna if you're gonna push back against the world the world changing, then that's that's that sucks for you because <laughs> you'll be right. the you'll be the angry old man yelling at clouds when you're next door. You know the two nice married men next door. You know, come over and rake your leaves because they're nice people, right? And exactly. you're an old guy and stuff like that. So yeah. So that's this this. This idea that, you know, it, it's just it, it's so sad to watch the divisiveness, knowing that for a lot of people, it's deliberately stoked in them. Yeah, it's deliberately exactly. yes. stoked yes. by people who should know better from propagandists. Yes. And the fact that we've seen this all before. And right. like these these types of extremist movements um you know, whether it's on the left, whether it's on the right, they all work the same way. It's the same playbook. You you turn a segment of the population into other, you other them. You make them responsible for all the ills, whether it's Jews, blacks, whatever. And then, and then you, 
you know, you take people's anxieties about the economy, about the state of the world, about their family, and you just turn it against the, the scapegoat. Yeah, you just whip them up. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, for as, as amazing as human beings are, we're also pretty stupid and yeah, easily yeah, yeah. swayed and programmable. I, I love watching documentaries about cults. I don't yes. know if you've watched some of these shows, man, but They're like yeah. we're, we're living in like we're living in the golden era of cult analysis because so many of these cults now videotape everything, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so so when they fall apart and when when shit goes ballistic, we have a record of that now or like yeah. the Nexium cult or the oh, one I just watched. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, so, it was documented cause they were all filming each other all the time. Yeah, it was crazy they, how much was filmed. It was like, right. holy shit. I, yeah, I was wondering but, that too. I'm trying to figure it out now. It's like, how did they, like, <laughs> it's just like, really like, I, like dead body in the car and shit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, is this on the air? Oh my so, God. So for like as amazing as people are, we fall for the same stupid tricks all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's sure. depressing watching the the extremists in this country you know falling for the same the same tech same tactics um yeah. only with the internet and with our ability you know this beautiful thing this beautiful ability of the internet to connect with each other it's also like the most powerful propaganda tool yeah um, yeah and and it's it's just dis it's discouraging so and That's why I broke up with conspiracy. <laughs> there you go. It's part of the problem, I think. I've hammered this on the show multiple times. It's like, uh, it's it. The internet has like shattered our shared reality, and people kind of just go off on their own fucking thing. And it's cool to have interests and in all that, but it's like they don't. I don't know. It's just like there's no shared. Because uh, something like my brother was giving me shit because I want I always watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Prince. He's like, why do you even watch like for kids or whatever? It's like it's one of the few things we all do can still do together. It's like some kid in Des Moines watching this and an old guy in in Tallahassee's watching this. It's like it's part of the shared reality of the culture. Uh, right. Th there are very few things left like yeah. that nowadays. It's yeah, and really, really disjointed. Instead of watching that, you know, somebody's firing up, uh, you know, some crazy UFO guy who's <laughs> UFO cult talking about how they all need to come to Colorado and be raptured with them or something. You know, that you're right. It's like we used to have these touchstones. Or even, yeah. you know, another example is remember as a kid, like, oh man, the Grinch is coming on tonight, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And you would know all around the world. All across the U.S., you know, in your time zone, people are watching – people are – all these kids are watching the same thing. And you're right. We've become, like, splintered so, so much that if you do decide to become, like, conspiracy is going to be your thing, you can do that 24-7. Like, from the minute you wake up in the morning and take out your phone to the minute you put your phone down in bed that night, that you're just yeah. – you can be in it all the time, constantly bombarded with that. Right, right. Yeah, and then you're like, I don't have time for fucking the Grinch. I'm like, <laughs> right. you know, I'm, I'm doing God knows what. The Grinch was one of them, man. It's program. It's, it's a exactly. monarch programming. Yeah, so it's, 
It, yeah, that's why, and then when things do get big, then they get divisive, where it's like, oh, Taylor Swift. Are you, who the fuck could hate on Taylor Swift? She's wonderful. <laughs> right. You know, she's a yeah, good Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge talented. fan of her music, but I love I love yeah. that so many people love her. You know, exactly. that's awesome. Yeah, good yeah. for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, now she drinks, talking, she that? drinks the blood, too. So, yeah, she's <laughs> she's one of them. She's part of a mass mind control experiment <laughs> right. or some shit. It's like... <laughs> What, empower women? Sure. (laughs) Go for it. I don't know Uh, what the the problem is, dude. Like, that's, oh, man. Anyways. (laughs) Um, UFOs. Now, you're really close to UFOs. I've actually, I wouldn't say we've tangled it all online, but I've tried to, like, because I'm super cynical about what's going on, but you're super excited. And I like, well, I like that about you. Maybe you're less excited than the last time. Yeah, I yeah, I, I definitely online, less but. excited. I I am far less excited. Uh, and I've always been cynical anyway because I've been around for so long. I've watched. Right. Yeah. I've watched things peak and fade, and and you know I've I remember when daytime not not daytime tv but like daytime tv talk shows had abductees on in the 90s and people were taken seriously and then that that kind of went up in flames and no one took that seriously for a long time but yeah what did what did make me excited and why i was sort of reinvigorated on the topic i did think the the new york times front page coverage of the Nimitz and and all that stuff was was a change it was not sure like yes mainstream media did cover ufos fairly seriously at different points in time in the 50s in the 70s um but for me it felt sort of like a things were a little different when that article came out like suddenly the topic was it being discussed in places it hadn't been for a very long time yeah, yeah. Um, outside of like, you know, late night coast to coast and and yeah. things like that. It was treated seriously. Like, it was treated seriously again. Yeah. Right. But what I've what I've seen happen um, and why my cynicism has returned, like my fascination with UFOs will always be there. And right. my beliefs have mutated and morphed over the years you know i went from being real nuts and bolts when i was a kid because that's all there was to being more well there's more of a paranormal aspect to this and so i was full-on complete dismissal of the eth for a long time then i started coming back a little bit like well maybe you know there is some physical dimension to this clearly there's something physical going on and honestly if there are extraterrestrials if that's if that turns out to be what's behind us, like Arthur Clarke's law says, that shit would look pretty magical and paranormal right, because we don't understand yeah. it. So I've gone back and forth, and I love, you know, I love a long series of of podcasts with Soraya and Josh and Red Pill and you know that whole crew for a while. Yeah. It was just so fun to like bounce ideas back and forth off those guys. But this late, I, I am so sick of ufology and online UFO Twitter and things like that in particular now. (laughs) It's a shit show of shit shows, man. Like it's, it's, I, I was at first I was kind of when I, when 
Grush, David Grush in particular, his yeah. testimony and watching what happened after that and what hasn't yeah. happened after that. Right. And also from people I know that I trust um, who are associated with uh, like the governmental stuff going on looking into this. Yeah. Um, it's there's something really messed up going on right now. Um, yeah, yeah. It's first of all, I'm I'm very queasy about the people uh, in government who are climbing on board the yeah, topic. They're not, they bastards. they they skew very heavily into some of that kind of extremist weirdo territory. So I think mm -hmm. some of them are exploiting this issue. Um, in also. Like I, I get a lot of grief. Um, I was, I, I'm sure Leslie Kane would love to like kick me out of a helicopter because um, <laughs> of how much grief I've given her for going on Tucker Carlson yeah. uh, so much. Because I'm like, look, man, this is a guy who is saying that, like, basically saying that there is a plot to get rid of white people. Yeah, right. and exactly. that's yeah, that's yeah. Tucker Carlson. And yes, he talks about UFOs. But if you go and sit and talk to Tucker Carlson, first of all, do you know who you're talk you're talking to all those people who are also there for for the scary racist, you know, extremist, anti-democracy, fascist kind of stuff. But you're also like, do you think he doesn't know that? You coming on and talk about UFOs gets a ton of people watching, and that those ton of people that are watching might tune in the next day too and go, "Oh, great replacement theory! Oh, maybe the Jews really do want to get rid of all the exactly. rest and yeah. things like that." So I, I, I get a raft of shit every time I do it, but anytime one of these guys, you know, even like you know, fairly reasonable people, not not the total knuckleheads, I won't name. Um, but, but when they go on a show, I'm like, man, do you really have to do that? Like, are UFOs yeah, yeah. really that important? Like, and, right. the, and Leslie Kane said to me, she said, well, you know, UFOs transcend politics. I'm like, that's cool. Well, then why don't you like, but Tucker Carlson doesn't transcend politics, exactly. you know, exactly. and, and you're, you're, you're legitimizing this dude's other stuff when right. you do this like you sit down at it like there used to be a saying like what happens when uh when a nazi walks in a bar and he's not kicked out like suddenly you have a bar full of nazis yeah you know? right. or what happens when a nazi sits down at dinner um then there's a dinner table full of nazis you know like right, so right. There, there are some people that you just really should like say no thanks you know like exactly. I'd, I'd, rather, is, I'd, like, like I'd rather i'd rather not these people but the UFO buffs, they're like, oh, this person's going to be on Tucker. I'm going to watch the thing. And then they go, well, I know this guy's right about fucking UFOs. Yeah. I believe in the UFOs. I'm certain. Of this, you know, there's a, certain, there's a level of certainty among these UFO people that it's like, ah, yeah, you know, let's, let's not be so sure. We don't fucking know what they are, dude. <laughs> right. And, um, and so the more. Go, oh, Tucker, if, if Tucker is right about this thing I know. Maybe he's right about this other stuff that I never considered before. And then it's yeah. like, oh, shit. And, and Tucker knows that. And and all these, like all these, uh, I won't say all, but but a lot of the kind of real extremist political people, like, guy. do you remember Ernst Zundel? 
You remember that? Have you ever that dude? From the old, uh, from the yeah, old Yeah, Jeff Rents. I remember that. That's when I first caught a whiff that like something stinky yeah. in ufology, man. Because um, <laughs> I used to read Jeff Rents and I'd be like, oh, he's got like an article about the Holocaust on here. And then I dig a little deeper. I'm like, oh, he's got an actual, like actual article by. A, a literal Nazi from Nazi Germany just posted on here, too. Huh, isn't that? And this guy, Ern Zundel, was all about, like, Nazi UFOs. So he'd yeah. suck people in with stories about Nazi UFOs. And then, oh, you know, by the way, you know, the Holocaust <laughs> is it's kind of bullshit. Man. It didn't really happen. And uh, and it's a honeypot, you know, that's the honeypot right. exactly. idea yes. yeah. that will pull you in with UFOs for breakfast and, hey, it's lunchtime, have a – have a Nazi sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah and so, but as of current ufology, there's just, it's become again, another circle jerk. I hate to keep using that, but it really, yeah, that's yeah. the only metaphor that makes sense to me of these same people who just keep saying, teasing information saying, right. yes, it's coming, man. We've heard, you know, we've heard that since, since you and right. I were little kids, that yeah, yeah. disclosure is coming, and and it's just there's so much not like you could just smell the bullshit coming from these folks, and I just don't buy it, man. I feel like it's I don't necessarily believe that that it's tar it's from a governmental level targeting people for disinformation. Um, yeah. you know, it's but, what, the, what, what, what's behind all this? It's hard, it really is. It really is. Cause it, it's mystifying. And like I said, I, 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 I have a couple of people I know who I trust who are sort of on the inside of, of, yeah. of a lot of those discussions and they won't tell me anything. Of course, you know, they, they can't tell me anything, but from what they don't tell me, I get the feeling that there is some some real humbuggery going like there's just some lying and disinformation being spread on purpose. And yeah. I'm not sure why, like I'm really not sure why I don't trust anyone who says they're doing this because of this or, 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 you know, I just don't, once again, I'm just thrown into agnosticism yeah. and, but I have more mistrust when it comes to the UFO discussion, the official kind of UFO stuff, than I do for a lot of other subjects. Like something feels off and fishy, and it's just it's just boring now. Like I, I mean, seeing Bob Lazar recycled ad nauseum. Like, what is this? Is this 1994? You know, am I am I listening to the radio late at night, or is this? 2023 and yeah, you, exactly. people are still saying the same shit and recycling the same nonsense and yeah it's it's, it's just it's depressing <laughs> yeah i try to I've, I've tried to differentiate all almost on the show here where it's like i they want uap they can fucking have it so yeah I yeah that the uap community because yep. the, in, the uap is just what the government fucking sees right. apparently and that and it, it involves the government so and and it's, I, I'm just mystified sometimes. You go there, just the community that sprung up online in a way too. And it's the, you, these people; they're very argumentative. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, dude, I am far from a skeptic. 
or a debunker. If anything, I'm not even a skeptic or a debunker of the aliens, per se. I'm like a skeptic or debunker of the idea that they're going to fucking never tell us. Like, there's a very big distinction between the two things. I'm on your side, UFO <laughs> Twitter. I'm fucking on your side. I just don't see, and I don't see sort of like any discussion ever of like what comes after the fucking disclosure. Yeah. Like, I know Rich Dolan wrote a book like 15 years ago. Right. That side. I mean, yep. in, the, in this new era, no one's like, okay, well, what are we going to do when the government fucking tells us? Uh, <laughs> should yeah. There be, should there be laws? Do we need to fucking change? Like, you don't hear any discussion about that sort of thing. It's just like, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. Yep. Yeah. Or recycling what people have said, like you said, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Same same stuff. There's there's nothing substantial coming out of it. I think that's my biggest gripe. It's just a lot of heat and noise, like you said, and arguing. And I've yet to see anything move the needle. Now, yes, the fact that there are congressional hearings, awesome. Like, bring more of that, please. That That's great. But has anything transpired because of that? No. Nothing, nothing's new. And what, and again, what, is there ever going to be a disclosure? Are we ever going to know the answer to this? I don't know. know, I've, I've certainly for my entire life, I've heard, man, we're right on the edge of it and it's coming and whistleblowers and et cetera. And I see us no closer at all. I think it's cool that we've got some tantalizing video, uh, that officially from government sources, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I, I like that pilots and military people are more talking about it, but they were, yeah, sure. you know, Mike, that Salas had people in Las Vegas. How many years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, talking about nuclear power plants and things like that. So it just feels like we're in like the groundhog day right. loop. And yeah. I, I've, I've just kind of like lost not lost interest, but I've just lost the mental capacity to go through all that back and forth with people yeah, all the yeah. time. It's you know what I mean? Now. Yeah, it's yeah. very involved and like I know that there was this legislation, the legislation got fucked up, and it's like, look, as soon as I hear legislation, like I don't <laughs> fucking care. Like I'm out. So just tell me what you all right. decide to do. And let us know. Uh, it's just, but the, you know, it's all, they're in a frenzy online. Oh, the legislation. Oh, this guy's going to shut down the legislation. <laughs> it's like, I don't really, I don't have time for all that, man. Right. And right. it's like I said earlier, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, sure. But I will kind of agree with you. We, I, I think where we, when you were more optimistic, it's like, yes, this is the best version of the fucking movie I've seen so far. But yep. I've seen the fucking movie. It's like Spider-Man. <laughs> It's like, right. okay, this is the – now that you got all the all the technological shit, and this is the best version of Spider-Man I've seen so far. And you know what? <laughs> like 10 years, you'll be able to, like, walk through the fucking Spider-Man movie or whatever. It'll yeah, be you'll be able to swing. Yeah, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. You will be <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, it's – it's 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 um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like online – the online, the internet has brought us so much, and to see it, I'm really disillusioned with where we ended up, um, yeah. and and I know part of that is based on the algorithm feeds on dissent, and I mean Facebook, 
basically, uh, you know, there's been some great work done by journalists on this. Like they said, you know what gets people excited is when they, you know, what makes people click and stay on the platform is when they're arguing with people. Right. So they monetized and incentivized that algorithm, that style of making people angry. And that's, and it works. It's dopamine, adrenaline, just right. just like the conspiracy sleuthing thing, and we get addicted to it. And that's what I feel like UFO Twitter in particular has become. There's no light. It's all heat, and it's just the same recycled stuff over and over again. I would love for there to be a breakthrough. Like, I would love – Yeah. Like when you know, when uh, Oumuamua came through the solar system – and Avi Loeb was like, that might, that could oh, be a yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. extraterrestrial technology, whatever. That was fascinating. And, and I would love for like, you know, rendezvous with Rama, Arthur Clarke, the spaceships to appear, Independence Day, as long as yeah, they didn't all, incinerate all, us. Yeah, yeah I, I would, like I would love. alien, for sure, yeah. Right, we've all, we've all thought that maybe someday that might happen. And I would yeah. still love. For there to be, I would love for disclose. I would love for some Joe Biden to walk out and go. Guess what, folks? Guess what? There's aliens. You know, we've known it all this time. Been hiding this shit. Uh, be nice to each other. Please don't go crazy and kill each other. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have more video tomorrow for you. Yeah, and and I, honestly, most people I think might be like, oh yeah, cool. All right, Still gotta go to work. I figured they were, yeah, right. Still got to get up at seven o'clock. My asshole boss will yell at me, yada yada. What's the difference? So, uh, I think it would be revelatory and be the biggest thing that could awesome. ever possibly so happen. Awesome. I would love to see it. I love reading fantasy and science fiction about it, but um, I'm just, I'm just cynic, like you said earlier, cynical, jaded, and the more I see would look like a little bit of momentum just kind of fractioning out and spiraling off like it always does. I just, you know, we'll see. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, a wild I, reality show because it's very reactionary. All you can do is sort of watch the show. So it's, Right, yeah, yeah. It's it, like it's, from afar. I don't want to get too right. close because it's yeah. too, too incendiary in there. Um, I think, yeah, and I think you're also, you touched on something you made me think, just like, I and I think people, I guess partially why I sort of well, this friction there, I guess, with the online UFO community, where it's just like you guys got to just temper your expectations. Just do not fucking if you are so invested in the belief that this is going to happen, like you, you could really be setting yourself up for some really hurt feelings down the line and, and <laughs> disillusionment and. I mean, that New York Times article came out like six years ago. We're not any closer yeah. to to what we wanted to know back when the article came out. Um, yep, yep. And I think yeah. there was an article this past weekend, and it's a point I made on the show. I don't know if it's one that's aired yet or one uh, that's going to be airing in the future. But it's like if this is – they say these UFO advocates, this, this is the biggest story, and it is really. It, it would yeah. be the biggest story in the history of human civilization. And then at the same time, they're like, but I signed this paperwork. <laughs> and it says I can't tell you right. that it's true. And it's like, look, dude, if this is the biggest story in the history of human civilization, if you have proof, now is the fucking time. Like, come right. on, man. They're not going to throw you in prison. And if they do, you will be 
beloved by right. a sizable amount of the population, not just UFO buffs. Like the general public will be like, free Randy Tucker Jones or whatever, <laughs> because he told he's the guy that had the balls to tell us about the aliens. Fuck yep. you, government. Let him out of prison. Whatever. Then they, they got to clean up their mess. Or, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, look, right. dude. It's easy for me to say I wouldn't want to be in the middle of fucking some national security held <laughs> <laughs> in Guantanamo Bay because I broke the fucking sacred alien oath. But right. look, now's the, now's the time, man. If this is yeah. such a big story, break the fucking sacred alien oath. Yep. So. And uh, I, you know, it's I, I've met so many people over. I I, I feel like most curious intelligent people understand there's something going on and what i learned from talking about it and giving public talks and things like that is that when you talk about it and you talk about it without any any sense of ridicule or silliness people open up about it every single time i've done a public ufo talk there's always somebody who's like can I tell you what I saw this one time? Can I tell you this story? Whatever. Um, you know, I had a woman who was a, uh, who used to be a flight attendant who came up to me after one of my talks. She's like, will you please take these, these drawings that I made? Like I've, like I've held on to this for years. I've been too afraid to tell anybody and I want to get fired. And even when I was in my twenties, my I I was dating this uh, woman, and her father was like a real salt of the earth, like you know, mil- ex military guy, super conservative, nice guy. Um, but but when I had my UFO sighting with that woman who I was dating at the time, yeah. we when we got back to her house after after that, I we. I was like, we told her dad. We were so freaked out. We had to just yeah. tell everybody we ran into. Yeah. And I thought for sure the guy was going to say, what, we, what were you guys smoking? You know, yeah. well, yeah, we were smoking. But smoking weed does not make you see lights in the sky. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, say no, that right no now. Um, <laughs> right. And as a matter of fact, I felt extremely sober. <laughs> the instant I saw those lights, it kind of like killed any buzz that I might have possibly had. Right. But so, but. But he didn't say that. He didn't say, what were you smoking? Are you silly kids? And he said, did I ever? He's like, I never told you, Elizabeth. He said, um, but when I was a kid, I saw this thing come over a cornfield. It was a silver disc. And it went right over our heads really slowly. The field me and this kid were playing. And, and we were quoted in my local paper in oh, wow. Des Moines or whatever, you know. And that's when I think. All this di- disclosure stuff and all this back and forth, it's it's really, like I said, heat and not a lot of light. But, yeah, yeah. but when you talk to people, I think the idea that something is going on, right. um, most people think aliens because that's culturally what we've been fed. And, yeah. that's, and I think it's in very, you know, it makes sense to think it could be aliens. These things are flying around in the sky and maybe not from here. But the, but I think despite all, you know, when you look outside of UFO Twitter, we've, as a society, are starting to 
find it acceptable. Uh, the average yes. person, the, yes. the, 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 there are the loud skeptics and debunkers, and there are the you know the lunatics on the equally on the other side. David Icke, their reptilian, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think most curious, intelligent people who aren't dogmatic about the issue can really think there's something going on and and accept that. So I feel like culturally, people are kind of understanding of it and okay with yeah. it and, yeah. and give some credence to there's something to the phenomenon. So yeah. I try to remind myself that culturally, we are progressing. I, I think we are kind of progressing yeah, in that sense. That yeah, for sure. And, but and that these freer now to contemplate the mystery. Yeah. Yes. Back at back ten. Even yeah. 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 That's a perfect years. way to put it. And that's why, like magic and occultism and tarot and things like that. I think people are just in general, are a little more open to just non-strictly physical reductionist. Beliefs, because we've all had experiences. As you know, when you talk about this stuff, people will contact you and go, "Man, I saw a ghost." You know, the, the yeah, more exactly. yeah. the more you talk about it, you, the more you realize that most people, if they haven't had an experience themselves, have some sort of unexplained thing happen to them. Yeah, yeah. Near death experience, haunting, UFO sighting, ESP. Yeah. It's if you're lucky, you run into someone who saw Bigfoot. That's like the yeah, right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh wow, really? Tell me, right. <laughs> tell me about this fucking Bigfoot sighting. That's a good one. Yeah, exactly. So, as a culture, I think we're we're becoming more we're we're becoming better at accepting strange realities, non ordinary experiences, and things. Psychedelic, the increase in psychedelics. I think is is another manifestation of that. You know, people looking and thinking, well, maybe you know, maybe I can take ayahuasca and help solve a problem that I have, and maybe because there are plant spirits, or yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, there is there's a lot. Of course, there's as we know because we've been in this. There, there's a lot of horse shit, a lot of quackery, a lot of culty weirdos in this field, but yeah. in general. I, a lot of more people are open to thinking about things that were maybe a little tried to people tried to push them under the rug or, or you felt like you had to hide some yeah, of it yeah, exactly. in, in yeah, the yeah. past. So I feel like we're making progress. Yeah. At the same time, the the UFO Twitter is just devolving into yeah, just it's... nonsense. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I see people that just post all fucking day of just their feet constantly just UFO stuff, and it's like, as the kids say, you gotta get out and touch grass, man. You gotta, like, <laughs> exactly. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> Take a so walk we'll around see. the block, bro. Yeah. Like, and I think I feel like I think you kind of touched on it just a little bit, but we'll wrap up the UFO stuff and get to the uh, end of the show here. But the the Gersh thing was interesting. It was like, okay, you know, but it was like, okay, he's. He's the appetizer. You gotta bring something to the fucking table here after this. <laughs> like it's and nothing's and I know the shit moves slow or whatever, so maybe we'll see something, but it's like, okay, well, we need the guys that told him this shit to talk because apparently this is not that great, you know. He's just hearing he's just repeating shit that he already heard. So it's like Right. You yeah. know, and you would think they made such a big deal out of this 
And again, I understand things move slowly, but it's like, okay, this guy's making some outrageous fucking claims. He said them in Congress. The Congress people were like, okay, let's guys, I said on the vault, let's go, we'll go to the broom closet and fucking, you can tell us in the ultra secret. It's like, well, what the fuck happened? Right? (laughs) Where's the beef, man? (laughs) Yeah. If you're an average person on the street, you're like, well, where, okay, well, whatever became of that, apparently fucking nothing. Right. Apparently he testified before Congress. He heard all this shit. He said he couldn't tell them unless it was in the broom closet. They got him in the broom <laughs> closet, and yeah. what? Nothing fucking happened? So, know. you know, and I'm sure yeah. UFO, the ardent UFO Twitter people might be like, well, you see, this yeah. thing, and then they did the thing, but he said he couldn't do it, and it's like, yeah, I'm good. Yep. I'm really, I'm really fucking We've good. seen this show before. Like you said, we've seen this reality TV show before, and yeah. And uh, I'm I'm only interested when you bring bring me some goods. Yeah, like, me I mean, alien. lay something out on the table. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I could I I could make up some incredible stories that I heard uh, from some guy high in government. You know, yeah. and uh, and is someone going to believe me? Like, it it, it n- there's nothing substantive has come out of this so far. Except for people saying that there will be something substantive. Oh, trust us. Just hang on there. And there's a whole cottage industry of these dudes. Yeah. And it is dudes. Um, And they're just like, well, you know, trust him because I heard from this person. And trust us, 2024 is going to be the year. Yeah, sure. Okay. I sure hope so because if 2025 comes, I'm going to throw, you know, it, it. I just don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. It's interesting, too. Like, they say that, again, they all kind of, like I said, they don't really talk about what the post-disclosure is going to be. And at the same time, it's like they never, they always fucking dance around what they really mean. Aliens. They mean fucking aliens. (laughs) Right. But they don't ever say it. They always just kind of dance around. Oh, the government's going to fucking, we're going to, a lot of shit's going to be revealed. Revealed about what? Aliens, just fucking yeah, say yeah. it. Can we just get like it's very yeah. weird. The whole although, thing is fucking, yeah. Uh, although I have to say, um, Grush is I don't know how you pronounce it. I think, yeah, he, no, he said, I mean, I was kind of surprised when he started saying, well, these might not be physical beings, they could be interdimensional and all that. And people say, and like, I'm sure that perked up the ears of a lot of folks in in this community like oh good you know we're finally getting the idea that they're not just physical aliens or but you know what he could have read that on uh, that those bulletin boards in yeah. 1993 that i was posting right, exactly. to people were yeah. saying the same thing so that's not revelatory i don't really trust and his talk about yes yeah, some people have died because of this like well you if if you're serious about that then you you really should be naming the people who died. Like, don't say you yeah, can't yeah. do it. It goes back to your point. And I just don't trust the. I, I don't. I don't trust him. I don't trust some of the. I, I like. I trust some of those pilots. I trust a guy who was on the ship. You know who who talked about 
later, the radar and things. I tend to trust those guys. I'm not, I don't really trust people who are like, well, I've been in the intelligence community and people have told me these stories. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. therefore they're true. Well, people tell all kinds of stories. There are just as many dumbasses in the intelligence community as there are anywhere else in this country. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I mean, show, put, put something on the table or I, I, I've just lost, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up in age. I'm not a sprightly right, right. young conspiracy guy anymore. I've only got so much capacity <laughs> in left in my brain because, you know, some of the self-abuse things I've done to it over the years. But just because, like, I just can't handle it anymore. I can't. Yeah. I, 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 I have, like, the, the section in my brain that I can shove bullshit into. It is yeah, just yeah. tiny, you know. It's it's burned out. All those neurons are are toast. <laughs> so, yeah. so I can't sit and scroll through UFO Twitter all day. I, I, I right. like I have a life. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather touch grass, like like the exactly. kids say. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather stare into the air, honestly, than than go through some of those back and forths. Yeah, show us the fucking alien. That's all. I wonder. Right. Too, if I we can't be the only people that feel I wonder if the general public is starting to get as yeah. very crassly call it I can't I if someone can just suggest a better you uh, disclosure blue balls it's like I yeah. feel like the public may be getting closer <laughs> yeah. to that point of view too where it's like look how long are we going to keep fucking talking about these things like, right right you know, uh, really well, well but how many people getting the aliens Right. How many people even pay attention, though? Like we're in the we're in the weirdo silo where people pay attention to this stuff. So we're we're immersed in it and we see that, you know, the constant infighting and bickering. But the average schmo who's, you know, he's he's got out of work. He goes to the bar, has a couple beers, comes home, puts on Netflix. He doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. Um, People who are. Yeah, people who are studying for their PhD in microbiology—they're not paying attention to that. Right. Like there's, and so, so I feel like, yeah, I think a lot of us have the disclosure blue balls for sure. Um, I, I think people who peripherally pay attention to it probably just like, eh, whatever. If the UFO comes, if they show, if the. You know, if they show yeah. if on Facebook tomorrow they got pictures of the alien, then I'll believe it. Yeah. Until then, I'm invested in it either way. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've got, I've got yeah. The Bachelor to watch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where the Price is Right. <laughs> there you go. Now, yeah. before I let you go, you when you there was a question that if I don't ask, then I'm gonna like be like shit. I fucking you know it'll it'll bother me like for the rest of the night. So. When you were talking about your time as a mentalist, uh, yeah, and if people, if, if the if the really close listeners will hear me say earlier, I sort of threw in a without, and then I just kind of was like, oh, there you go, I'm going to get to this question. So without giving away sort of the secret per mm-hmm. se, you, you did mm-hmm. these mentalist shows, you, and you said they were tricks, and yeah. So like, what is an example of like I've never been to a mentalist show. What is a I've seen a magician, obviously. Uh huh. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. What is a mentalist? You know, give me an example, I guess you could say, yeah. like, yeah, without giving away how it's done, but what would be an example yeah. of... Okay, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you a, a good example. This is the thing, this seems so impossible to be a trick. Yeah. What I would do is I would, um, I would 
go out to three people in the audience, randomly select them, you know, no stooges or anything like that. Let's say you're sitting in the audience. I give you a a little index card in an envelope, and I say, um, write the name of a friend of yours from elementary school, good friend of yours, and think of that person, try to visualize the person, write their name on the piece of paper, fold it up, put it in the envelope, Seal the envelope. No way I could look inside. I do that for three people. Take the envelopes, put them the insight of everyone the whole time. Put them on a little table in front of me, and I go, okay, um, Julie. Um, I ask you to think of a pet when when you were a child. What's um, let me guess? Um, try to project that thought to me, and she would say, uh, I'd go, okay. It was a dog, right? She'd go, yeah. Well, it was a dog. I'd go, okay, cool. Think of the first letter of the dog's name. Um, okay. It's an S, wasn't it? She'd go, oh, my God, yes, yes, it was an S. And I'd go, <laughs> think of the sound of the dog's name. She'd go, okay, I'm thinking of it. I'd go, um, Scrappy. And she goes, oh, my God, well, oh, my God, my God. And I'd do that for each person. I'd come to you and say, okay, you're – your friend from elementary school was a it was a kid um and it was a boy yeah and his name was Steve and you would go oh my god yeah and sometimes i would go a little deeper and go okay this guy his name was Steve he, did he have like reddish brown hair and you go yeah he had sort of brown hair did he was he a little awkward you know so i and what i would yeah. do is and it looks completely impossible. Like, how yeah. could I have known that? I didn't look right. in the envelopes. And after I'd say, oh, your friend was Steve, I'd, I'd open the envelope, pull it out, and hold it up, and you had written Steve right there to yeah. show people it's not – we're not, like, you know, communicating secretly or you're not a setup right, right. or anything like that. So it's things like that. It's actual mind reading. It, and there's a, there's a couple. Wow. If you ever get a chance to talk to these folks or have them on your show, or they're called the Evisons, E-V-A-S-O-N-S. They mm-hmm. do a classic psychic mind reading show. And yeah. it's got like mind reading, hypnosis. It's cool. Even spirit photography. They do a spirit photograph like live with like a Polaroid camera. It's so good. And what they do is an act um, where it's a husband and wife and the the woman goes out into the crowd and she'll she'll go, give me something out of your pocket. Or the guy will go out in the crowd. Give me something out of your pocket. And you reach in and you pull out a bottle opener that says, uh, uh, I don't know, Schlitz on it, right? Yeah, yeah. And she'll and he will hold that and he'll go he'll say to her, What am I holding? And she'll go, Um, it's metal, it's about four inches long and she could tell him tell him to concentrate on it. And he's like, Okay, he's concentrating on it. She goes, There's a there's some words written on it, letter S, it's a bottle opener and it says Schlitz. And the whole time he hasn't said you know, it's just like it you, you just say Oh my God! They have to be reading each other's minds, and it's it's to me it's like the most fascinating aspect of magic. It's like a, some guy goes does a card trick, and you're like, okay, dude, you're a really good card magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I say think of a friend of yours, think of the name of a friend of yours from elementary school, you're really good friends with in like third grade, 
and I say Steve and you go, holy shit, my friend Steve. We were like best friends. That's yeah. that's hard to explain. Like that's more that's more believable in a strange yeah. way because it's not. This is a trick. This is a, yeah, this yeah. They, they, there are, and there are. They're, they're brilliant. And the best thing about mentalism, or, is when you become a mentalist and you understand, you kind of like work your way up through the ranks, and people start giving you the really good ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more you realize, like how simple, and and just it, like if I told you how I did some of these tricks, you go, "Oh my god, that's fucking! I can't believe that." Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it appears so magical, but in fact, it's so banal, like not banal, but <laughs> no, I've gotten that before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just, so that's, but, and I, I know yeah, we're getting yeah. to the end. I know we're getting to the end, but I have to say that the, the strange thing about mentalism as opposed to magic is sometimes the mentalism is real. Like yeah. there are accounts of ment of mentalists who were doing tricks and they screwed it up and they they did it right anyway like so Weird. mentalists believe in psi phenomena a lot more than magicians do like yeah, magicians because it's all yeah there are a lot not all and it, and it never like it's gotten that reputation because of like Penn and Teller and Ra James Randi and shit like that but it wasn't always that way like a lot of uh, George Hansen, I don't know if you know George Hansen, he wrote yeah, the yeah. Tri Trickster and the and UFO and the Paranormal. Um, he's a magician, and he wrote a really cool paper about magicians who believed in psychic phenomena and psychic stuff, because a lot of them do. Um, and a lot of them, it's in mentalism is because you screw up the trick, and you got to go, oh, okay, maybe, I guess it was, I'll try to really psych out. <laughs> you know, was it Steve? Yes, and, and you're and you're right. So, wow. anyway, mentalism yeah. is cool. It's fun stuff. All right. Um, well, we've gone well over uh, the two hours here, so wow, we're gonna man. wrap it up here, man. I feel like yeah, we could talk for a lot longer. So <laughs> you're gonna be back on Ben All of America. I hope if you'll if you'll accept the invitation uh, in the future. Oh man, I. I, I I love it. Is there's nothing I love more than like th these kinds of conversations, and uh, I've been wanting the opportunity to do this with you in particular. As you said, you know, we only got to chat for you know a few hours into the wee hours, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So you know, those uh, events, you're always getting pulled away by somebody, or you know, well, always same you, man. It's like yeah, it's uh, that that's that's the fun uh, fun of those kind of conferences and events and things like that. But um, yeah, it's been a treat. So I'd, I'd love to come back on anytime. Absolutely, dude. We'll definitely do it. Now, uh, you got anything in the? Oh, let's take our time here. The tarot course. <laughs> Normally, we do sort of like the what's next for you, but let's talk a little bit about this. You have tarot course. Um, I believe it's through your website, michaelmhughes.com. People can check it out. Uh, what, what is this, what is this tarot course that you have? Yeah. Um, it's actually the, uh, the course is, is the URL for the course is the art of magical living.com. And it's sort of a, uh, it's where I'm putting together courses on different aspects of magic and things like that. Uh, the, primary course is called Tarot Foundations course, and that's aimed at anyone who wants to learn tarot, how to read the cards for themselves, for friends. And what makes it different, I think, is, and there's, 
as you know, like tarot is ever, you can't open TikTok yeah, without somebody doing like a tarot card reading. Yeah. It's, but there's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of um, bogus history, people saying the tarot goes back to the ancient Egyptians and crap like that. There's just an enormous amount of nonsense. So this course, I think, is very different because it focuses on the history. So you learn like the real history of the tarot, how it was just a card game before yeah. occultists started playing with it and started claiming it was like a repository of ancient okay. wisdom okay. and all that sort of thing. But it's a real hands-on, fun, engaging way to use the cards without having to read a lot of books and memorize a lot of stuff. It's real straightforward. And the people who've taken the class really love it and um, and appreciate that it's it's just – simple instruction that it's real history that you can just you you sorry i'm stumbling here right. um but what i what i think makes this course different is the the focus on history is yeah, the focus yeah, yeah. on hands-on practice it really teaches you how to use basically any deck and use like a really simple system without memorization to just read the cards for other people. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's ecumenical. Uh, you don't have to believe in like, oh, my spirit guides are telling me how to read right, these cards. Right, right. You can just believe it's like a fun right. thing to do with your friends. Yeah. Or you can believe it's like a psychologically revealing way of using symbols and archetypes, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of how I always have seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't preach. I'm not dogmatic. I just teach people how to use a very simple system to use this tool and to get good meaningful stuff out of it because I don't know how tarot cards work. I really don't. I've tried. I've looked at all sorts of theories. But <laughs> ultimately, if you play with these really powerful symbols and you sit and you have a conversation with somebody yeah interesting yeah. stuff comes out of it yeah so that, that be the case yeah that that course is and it's like over 12 hours of videos it's got readings oh, wow. and stuff like that it's pretty it's pretty in-depth um nice that's the foundations course i also people that are interested in magic or trying out magic but might yeah. have some of that the, the the qualms or uncertainties that you were talking right. about earlier, it's I have a course called Tarot Magic, and that is a way to like kind of get your feet wet in magic. That is also ecumenical. You don't have to be a witch. You don't have to be a ceremonial magician. You can just be a person who's interested in magic and rituals, yeah, and it uses the tarot as like the framework of the magic. So. You you don't have to be Wiccan. You don't have to believe in anything. You just right. you just do these processes. You do these techniques. There's some meditations and things like that, and it just allows you to work with magical techniques and rituals that are just kind of wrapped up in the tarot. So it's not you don't have there's no goddesses or gods. You don't have to convert to any kind of spiritual belief, which I think is is asking a lot of people. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what spiritual system works best for you. I, you know, I don't know. You're you're you. So I never want to try to get people to engage with stuff that goes against what they believe in or so sense, yeah. it's it's really a simple 
system to experience magic with the with the archetypes that are in the tarot and it's really yeah. fun it's cool stuff i've no it sounds I've, really cool yeah yeah i've worked on this for years like developing all this stuff and finally i'm like okay it's time to like put this out there and share it it's really fun so if you if you're interested in magic if you're interested in tarot those are uh they're they're inexpensive courses i think there's a lot of value that comes with them and the people who've gone through the courses say great stuff and and that's right. that's, yeah. that's all i can ask for is is positive feedback that people get something out of it yeah for sure and i know yep. we're we're talking like a week before christmas uh mm-hmm. but so it's like oh it's like uh it's weird in a way, but it's like, look, folks, I know Christmas just ended because now it's January. And you're listening to this show, but this is a this is a great gift. Uh, I like gifts like this because it's like, you know, you're thinking, you know, a person, you know, what they're interested in and you're getting them something fucking unique and cool uh, that will really vibe with them beyond like, oh, I got you a book. You know, right. I know you right. like the tarot, so I bought you. This book on the tarot and this deck that I got, you know, a wacky deck, yeah. Golden Girls deck or whatever. No, this is right. like, this is a really cool gift for people. So I know it's after Christmas, but this, everybody has a birthday <laughs> this year. Yeah. So if yeah. you know someone in your, in your family who's into this stuff and you think that they would really dig this, I would, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Like I said, uh, I, it's, it's a really, you tweeted about it today. It sort of reminded me to bring it up in the show. And it was like, I don't personally know anyone. I have to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I probably do, but I probably do given my line of work, but it's like, this is the kind of thing I would give to someone. This is a really cool concept that you've come up with that I think people would really enjoy. So, you know, yeah. check it out and, and uh, you know, pay it forward to someone in in your circle who is interested in the tower and wants to learn more. It's the art yeah. of magical living. That's it. And, and I appreciate that. And I agree. Like it's, it's easy to give somebody a book and maybe they won't read the book, but when you give someone something that they can learn and then share with other people, that's, that's the value in something like this. Like we're so disconnected nowadays and so online that I think that's why tarot is kind of having a resurgence is people People want to connect with people. And what a great way to connect with somebody, sit down and, like, talk to someone right there with you, looking at pictures, telling stories, talking about their lives. So I've always thought, just like you said, thought of this as, like, paying it forward, teaching people this really cool experience that they can provide for other people. Yeah. So, yeah. That's absolutely right, yeah. I've had two tarot readings from friends that, paranormal conferences and they were both yeah it's a very intimate experience uh it's a it's it's yeah it's very personal um and it's like it's it's rich if that yeah. makes any sense you really it's kind of cool get into the yeah you get really focused into the the moment and you're in that conversation with the other person you're really engaging ideas and thinking about yourself and shit and it's really yep. it's a, and how it's often do we do that like how often do we just sit with someone nowadays face to face and talk about right. stuff in our lives what's going on it's exactly. rare it's yeah. rare yeah. but it's so important it's like part of what makes us human yeah um that that's why i love it that's that's what keeps me doing it after all these years so yeah it's cool appreciate you mentioning that 
Absolutely. Uh, theartofmagicalliving.com is the website for the tarot courses. MichaelMHughes.com is Michael's uh, main website, the hub. Check it out. Uh, he's all over social media. I like how your thing even said, ah, yes, I'm even on Facebook still. I don't mind Facebook. It's, <laughs> look, at it's, <laughs> it's, it, at, least, at least that's where you know everybody's going to be. It's kind of like, yep. all right, well, I can almost certainly find them on Facebook. Um, <laughs> anyway, like I said, man, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, we will definitely have you back. I just, uh, I just taped a show with, uh, Matt Hopewell, AP Strange, and I kind of said the same thing to him. And I was like, we had done a show back in, uh, March, and it was like, okay, do we had to do the first show where I go bang, bang down? Here's all the, here's, let's do the Matt Hopewell greatest hits. Last, this show we just taped, this was the, the conversation. So, so I'm sure that when we get you back on the program, we're going to be, we're going to, it's going to be even more. Just fantastic because it's because now we've done the, <laughs> the magic <laughs> for the resistance and how you got into the magic. And then we can get really into the stuff um, when we talk in the future. But tonight was fantastic. I loved it. It was it was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm I'm glad we, we had the chance to finally sit down and talk and really dig into your background, fucking the world of magic. Um you know, I've been fascinated by the whole magic for the resistance thing since you went through that whole experience. So it was really <laughs> awesome hearing about it, man. I really, it was a fun conversation. This is, I can tell when it's like, if I enjoy, <laughs> if I'm like, I'm, I'm loving being a part of this, this experience, this moment, this conversation. I think, uh, I think the folks at home will too. It's been, it's been a fun evening, man. I really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I've loved it too. And I look forward to next time. It's going to be a different world when we talk again. So, uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cool, man. Thanks again.